Welcome to the Tome, a D&D news, reviews, and interview show, and I'm your Tome editor, Sam Dillon. And today we are bringing you Season 2 of the World Tree Burns podcast, the official actual play 5th edition D&D podcast that takes place in the Cobalt Press setting Midgard. We hope you enjoy this season, and without further ado, let's see what Dan Dillon has in store for his players. Look, mate, three generations ago, my ancestors forged the Great Blade Skullsplitter. With it... They won the Goblin Wars, the Hobgoblin Wars, the Orc Wars, the Demon Wars, the Elf Wars, and the Gelatinous Cube Wars. That one doesn't even make sense because they don't have skulls. Now, all these years later, the legend of the Great Skull Splitter grows. Offering dice to help you create your own legends, Skull Splitter Dice makes the highest quality dice beautiful dice of both plastic and metal. Want to roll bones that look like bones? or just something with enough heft to split the skulls of your enemies, Skull Splitter Dice has that and more. Check them out now at SkullSplitterDice.com slash Tomeshow and use the coupon code Tomeshow with all little letters and get 15% off. Now get out there, split some skulls, and build some legends. Hello everybody and welcome to Encounter Roleplay, this is the first time I've done this. My name is Will, I'm a D&D sex icon, I'm back today for another episode of The World Tree Burns. Oh boy, is it burning, and we've got everyone with us, except for Sydney Jackson who's running back, she'll be back with us shortly, uh, to head into today's episode filled with drugs and more shenanigans. So let's get to it, let's remind ourselves of who we are and who we're playing tonight. We have the inimitable Dan Dillon with us tonight as our DM. Dan, how's it going? It's going great. Hello, everyone. Thank you once again for joining us. Uh, I'm very excited to play some D&D tonight, get back into Midgard, and we're kicking off with a drug trip, as far as I recall. So uh, let's go around the, the cast and get right into it. Absolutely. We've got Tool School of this nice school. How's it going? I am doing great. I'm looking forward to more Midgard. It is so much fun. And yeah, Glass does not approve. Glass does not approve of the shenanigans that are happening in the back room. He just... And actually, I think, didn't he get roped into, like, he's having to watch? Yep. Yeah, I feel uh, like that's... that's is that how or, it... We'll, 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 we'll hash all that out. Let's hash that out, because <laughs> I don't think Glass would be... I, I think Glass might have been like, I do not think I am qualified for this type of activity. I don't know. Anyway, I am Glass. He is a geomancer. He is... Yeah. He, he just is looking at the party disapprovingly. <laughs> oh, fantastic and of course we have with a scarlet moth today scarlet how's it going hello everyone i'm very scared about what's gonna happen you did it. i think rowan's done this before but um Mo- Ro- rowan thinks she's gonna be okay moth is very scared moth is 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 also doing a glass here it's like oh i don't want to have to watch this but I have to, because she's my character. Yep. And she's... She's... Uh, Ro- Rowan's taking the wheel. Here we go, boys. Fair enough. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> fantastic. Uh, and, of course, we have McLoken back with us today. Loke, how's it going, buddy? It's going great. Uh, well, I have a question. Can you hear yeah. us talk 
while you're like you're talking to everyone, or do you mute us? I mute you. I actually, it like okay. uh, it'll triggers automatically, so you're just muted to me. I could listen. We were talking. We we were talking about how much you look like a college professor, and some coeds are in danger of your beauty. See, um, it's funny because the other day in the pregame chat, uh, Zero Doxy said that I looked like a Christmas boyfriend and sort of like a Hugh Grant sort of vibe. So it's it was oh, the same right, jumper, okay. same jumper. Yeah. So I think it's the sweater. If that's... you were wearing if. If it was like a slightly higher neckline, it would you'd be the fifth wiggle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there it is. Sort of like yeah, Love okay. Wait a game drop. Let's fixate on my appearance. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, I'm playing gnome today, or I'm playing uh, cloak today. Who is a gnome? Because I messed up my word shift now. Um, he's a gnome ranger. I'm excited. I forgot what he was doing. I remember Glaz yelled at him, and he was like, no, no, there's a dude something in the bar, and he was just, and I can't remember for the life of me what he was doing. And so we'll find out in this episode of Will Tree Burns. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, and... <laughs> yeah. Uh, and so we got Simply Jackson is on the way back, she'll be with us shortly. Uh, but uh, in the meantime, I will be playing Riodan, the Dampier cleric, who's not really a cleric, uh, but he is Dampier and he's a drug addict, and those things are uh, universal truths for Riodan. Uh, he's not been having a great time of it, but it's about to get a whole lot better when he takes some drugs uh, with his old granny Rowan, uh, who's cooking up these batches of drugs for him uh, to keep him on a leash, and uh, so far it's working. Um, but before we get into today's game, before we uh, remind ourselves what happened last week, uh, I'll remind you guys in general a couple of things. The first of which is that we're sponsored here today by koboldpress.com. Uh, so go and check those guys out. We're playing in the world, uh, wonderful world of Midgard. Uh, if you want to learn more about it, go over to their website, koboldpress.com. They've got so many amazing books, materials, PDFs over there on their website, and they're always releasing new stuff. Kickstarters and the likes, so it's really exciting. Website to go and check out if you're into D&D and want to learn more about the fantastic world of Midgard. Uh, then, of course, Fancy Grounds is our virtual tabletop of choice. Go over there to Steam. You can download it for free. The demo version is uh, is fantastic unless you use a bunch of the uh, the tools to get used to it. Uh, and then Wayland Games, our current UK, we're only a week away from Christmas, so get your shipping in quickly, my friends. Up to 20% off on the uh, tabletop, board games, war games, and more. And last but not least is tabletoploot.com. I remember to draw the winner of the last giveaway, which was Jill Odin. Congratulations, my friend. At the end of the next game, we'll give away another set of dice as well. So you guys stick around in chat to be in for a chance to win. As per usual, we have a tweet for you guys. Is that how yeah. it's going? Uh, well, uh, there's we gave away one set earlier, but we can give away two sets. It's Christmas, right? We could give away two, sure. Uh, in the spirit of the holidays. Um, and there's a tweet for you guys, retweet it, and of course you can donate to a game as well. Give players their ones, their 20s, wild magic surges, and if it's anything like the last game, give them goat gods, George Clooney as some kind of strange godfather figure. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, have fun with it. <laughs> but I'll hand over to Dan, um, who's looking increasingly right. worried. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm just, no, I'm, I'm just... I'm just... 
letting goat god George Clooney into my soul right now, so make sure that we know how to deal with that when it, ha when it happens. Uh, Alright, so uh, what happened last week? Uh, there was some more investigation, tracking down uh, leads on the missing individual from Rio Den's cult to Morena the Red Maiden, goddess of blood and lust. Um, uh, you guys made contact with the Cloven Nine, a gang of tiefling infernalists and uh, who are known for just all sorts of nasty stuff on the docks ward. Uh, and you have brokered a deal between them and your friends, the Black Shields, to try and get them to sit down around a table in neutral ground in the Silk Scabbard and to uh, talk out their issues because apparently there's suspicion that a third party might be trying to set them at war with each other by, uh, by killing one of the Black Shields and framing the... Uh, um, Cloven Nine for it, which uh, is is starting to come to a little bit of a head now. So people have wanted to to help defuse that situation. Who knows what's going on there? Uh, then, I believe our uh, our breaking bird, <laughs> Ravenfolk Granny, cooked up some uh, hallucinogenic slash prophetic substances and is preparing to take those with. Riodan as we speak. Um, oh, and I guess it would also be important to point out that uh, the lovely young woman from the book fetish, whose name was Layla, came looking for Cloak uh, earlier that day to give him some information on somebody that might have uh, might have known uh, Phelan, the person he was there asking about that one time. Uh, so she dropped a name for you for one of the other employees at the book fetish. But let's go ahead and jump into where we are right now, which is uh, Rioden and Rowan, probably in Rioden's room, which is just, um, over the course of a few months, has gotten stages more foul as, uh, as life has gone on. There's dirty laundry in the corner. You can see the gleam of uh, plate armor kind of sticking out from under some of those soiled linens. Um, there's uh, a candle that's been knocked over and scorched the end table and has just simply never been cleaned up. Wax spattered all over the wall and the floor. Uh, the bedclothes are rumpled. Um, so yeah, you guys tell me how you're setting up this uh, this uh, this happy fun time. How do you want to do this? <laughs> well, uh, Glass, I, I do unfortunately require your assistance to... Uh, Keep an eye on us, make sure that, as I was saying, he keeps his hands off of me and to himself while I need some time Fall to into. perhaps... Uh, uh, I'm not sure I, if I'm the most qualified person to, to be I, involved I sure in this type are, of activity. Let, let's call it an educational experience. I agree. This I say the education that I signed up for. Leave glass to do whatever it is he wants to do. Worry about girls, mm -hmm. and we'll just get freaky in here. Uh, per perhaps. I mean, uh... I was going to. I was hoping that Walton might gra grant me some um, visions of what's to come. Uh, with this particular elixir. So, uh, it's just one that me. can also be used as a drug. Yeah, where where is Cloak at this point? I believe when we had uh, specifically left off, you guys had all reconvened at the Silk Scabbard, uh, and you sort of made your way past all of the um, the, uh, the city watch that were eyeing you suspiciously. 
<laughs> due to various people's inability to act natural. <sighs> no, that was earlier in the day, wasn't it? Oh, that was, that was earlier. Like... That was early. We, we'd ended off with you guys arranging the meeting, so you can kind of be wherever you'd like to be. At this point. Um, what time is it? Because I was supposed to go to the book fetish at eight, I believe, if I remember correctly. Uh, you didn't Eleanor. have any. You, you didn't have any particular appointment time. You just know that she was working late that night. So uh, basically, any time in the the evening or night, you could go there and catch her. Uh, so this is happening all, about that time, pretty late, uh, because Rowan's concoction had to cook for most of the day. Um, Glaz is going to poke his head out of the... So I've got just the perfect thing. I'll be right back. Don't you worry. Don't you start without uh, out adult supervision. He runs off and goes over to Atson, the bouncer. Okay. So he, uh, he kind of looks up. Uh, from the the stool that he sits on by the door, as you uh, you approach and catch his eye, uh, that's massive that's uh, burly can fellow. I, um, uh, can I uh, uh, can I pay you lots of money to not make me do something? <laughs> he uh, his eyebrows creep up and he says, "Well, uh, tell me more." <laughs> uh, Real Dan and Rowan are going to take drugs in the back room. It could get freaky-deaky back there, and I don't want any part of that. I will pay you ten gold if you will go back there and do whatever they need. And I so, can sit here. Uh, I will he, watch your post. He sort of looks... Um, he's definitely enticed by the offer of ten griffins to uh, to just go and watch them do whatever the hell they're doing in the back room. Uh, and he kind of looks between the stairway uh, that leads up to the upper floor where Riodan's room resides and back to you. And you can see etched onto his, uh, his uh, somewhat simple features that, uh, that he's very torn. And he's like, uh, he, he's kind of like gritting his teeth and he wants to say yes, but uh, there's definitely something holding him back. So why don't you go ahead and make me a charisma persuasion check? And um, I'll, I'll, give you, I'll give you advantage because you're offering him 10 gold for what is probably a milk run. So uh, so here we go. Uh, you said advantage? Okay, come on. Come on, come on. Yeah. Come on, glass <laughs> persuasion. Ooh, that's a 16. <laughs> All right. So uh, so he looks over to Drajan, the bartender, and uh, he, he looks at you and says, wait just a second. And he gets up and lumbers his way uh, across the room. He's the kind of guy where if the crowd doesn't get out of his way, he's just going to wedge his way through like an icebreaker ship and just plow everyone out of the way. Uh, and so he makes his way over to the bar and he can see he leans close and confers with Drajan, the, the handlebar mustachioed bartender. Uh, and Drajan's face sort of um, kind of crinkles up under his under his shaved bald head and they have another kind of quick discussion and uh drajan reluctantly nods and rolls his eyes a little bit and uh Otson comes back to you and says all right uh yeah we're okay tyron's out for the night so this should be fine just um he kind of looks you over he says eh, you're big enough trollkin are scary you should be able to keep everybody honest absolutely so, uh, and he and he holds out this massive mitt with the just uh, calluses and scars on his palm and on the back of his hand, um, 
clearly he's either done a lot of hard labor or you suspect probably soldiering uh, of some sort or another. I hand him uh, the 10 gold and shake his other hand and being stone-hide, probably just as callous, just because of natural genetics, not yep. because of, yep. uh, so, uh, of work. He, he shakes your hand. Um, if you didn't have that sort of uh, natural resilience all over all over your body, it would probably be a painfully uncomfortable handshake, but as it is, you can kind of weather it no problem. And he kind of chuffs you on the shoulder once uh, and then heads for the stairs. So uh, those of you inside, uh, Cloak, where are you at this point? Did we, did we figure that out? Um, I think I, I'm not too far away. I'm in the bar. Um, sure. So basically, uh, I'm saying so if you want to be present for these shenanigans, you may, uh, without risking, you know, going to see uh, Elendora. Um, I would, I would probably go see uh, Elendora and uh, like uh, go up to Glad and huh, uh, I'm gonna go to the book finish because I was supposed to see uh, the Elendora lady and see if I can find anything out about failing additionally. Are you taking? Puff Puff with you. I look at very suspiciously as I know this is a good <laughs> this is a good indicator of whether he's expecting to get in trouble or not. Um, if you if you remember, um, Puff Puff hasn't been with us all day. Oh, she's been with thee. You didn't pick up Puff Puff. No, no. To give her a break and like play. I mean, thee needs to play with her too, right? Would, so thee, would you take Puff Puff with you? I look at him yeah. very... I give him the old troll eye. <laughs> no, I, I'll take her. This is not that kind of mission. I wouldn't take her to the Cloven Nines bar again, no. Uh, I'm insight checking. Quakes <laughs> at that, Dad. 30-20 on the insight. Would you take Puff Puff or not? I would take Puff Puff. Okay, Cloak would take Puff Puff. Because uh, he's—I he, so, yeah. don't think—he's—he's he, he's not doing anything shady. He's just going to go talk to Elendora, and then come back. Right. Okay. Glass All right then. Uh, he seems to be on the don't up and up. Get into trouble along the way. Uh, yeah. You just paid to be a bouncer for a night at a lock house. So good luck with that. See you later. Bye. <laughs> now I just go marching off. <laughs> Okay, uh, Glaz, you kind of take up your post, maybe a little bit, uh, maybe a little bit awkward, maybe a little bit excited for whatever this new thing is you're I doing, think, and can, uh, we will. Yeah, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Is he educational experience? Of, okay, you know, hard day work. He kind of puts his hands together, tries to look tough. All right, gives the old troll cool. eye at the door for anyone who might come in. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Uh, all right, so we will drift back upstairs to Ryoden's room. There is a solid sort of pounding knock on the door, and then the door opens, and Otson, the bouncer, sort of folds his massive shouldered frame through the doorway into the room and then shuts it. And he just kind of crosses his arms across his barrel chest, uh, and he looks at both of you, and he says, uh, yeah, Glass paid me to come and make sure everything's okay in here, so you guys just do what you need to do. Can you write notes? I, I need someone sure. with, with a studious eye. I was hoping for a wizard, but um, he seems to have paid someone off. What did he, how yeah. much did he give you? That's not important. Uh, his his eyebrows kind of pinch together and he says, all right, what, what do you want me to write? 
I, I need you to observe what happens. I need to make sure that the effects, uh, particularly on, on uh, Mr. Leodan over here. Okay, so just write down anything I see. Yes, this would have been much easier with someone with a knowledge of magic. I'll pay you he just eleven kinda, gold if you he go. He just kind of stares I'll at you. I'll pay you eleven gold to uh to go and get glass back. He uh he goes. Look, if you need to work something out with glass, you can do that. I'm not going to be your middleman. Sounds like there's a lot of money in being a middleman. He uh he just kind of shrugs. He goes, I already got ten. Oh, okay. Well, humble man. Well, uh, I will pay someone any amount of favors, sexual or otherwise, for me to start taking drugs. Well, should anything get a bit unusual, um, you do seem the strong type. So, there are some rules. One, you take notes. Two, if anything incredibly unusual should happen, such as anything ma uh, magical in appearance, um, grab either one of us and uh, we should calm down. Uh, three, make sure that Leodan keeps his hedonistic filthy hands off of me. All right, easy enough. And so he Glad sort of pulls the table over. And, where, and uh, tongue, there's... and tongue, because apparently it's not just the hands. It's never just so that. He, he rumbles a low chuckle and he goes, I think I get the idea. And he pulls the uh, the end table over. He sits on the bed. Uh, and uh, so so where are you guys setting up to do this? On the floor, I'm picking. Yeah. All right. Okay. So uh, just kind of find a place to get against a comfortable section of wall and floor. And uh, you have the powder that you had cooked up earlier and you've already had it dissolving in some wine uh, that will uh, prepare it for your consumption. So as you get all that ready and settle yourselves in, he pulls over the parchment and uh, grabs the little charcoal pencil and just kind of watches. I'm trying to figure out if maybe I should make a magic circle or something just for extra protection. You afraid of calling something up? Uh, oh, who knows what might happen. Uh, I'm grabbing him in both feet. Oh boy. Um, yeah, Rowan might uh, spend a minute to create a magic circle um, to protect against yeah. Okay, so you're going to cast Magic uh, Circle. The unruly types. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so what is the casting time on that? Is it 10 minutes? Uh, one or minute. just one? One minute. All right. Okay. Uh, so Riodan, you see Rowan begin marking out a chalk circle on the floor around where you guys are going to sit. And uh, she marks protective runes and symbols in uh, in both just runic and the, the northern tongue. And then she begins sprinkling powdered silver, uh, ground silver dust uh, around the circle itself. And as she chants, you can see the silver begins to shimmer in the light. And there is a rippling sort of 
bluish distortion in the air in the shape of a cylinder from the circle that stretches from the floor all the way up to the ceiling. And then that distortion disappears. And there's just uh, the silver and the runes kind of glitter. They glitter like snow catching the moonlight. And I'm choosing fiends to protect against. Fiends, yes, indeed. All right, so you're you're casting the circle to hedge fiends out of the circle. Got it. All right, so uh, you settle into the circle. You hand a goblet to Riodan. Take one yourself, and down the hatch. Well, cheers. Um, uh, cheers. Shall we uh, right. count in? Sure. All right. So after you take the strange mixture that Rowan hands you, you uh, make your little toast and you drain the goblets. The, the memory of this concoction sort of hangs thick and strangely prickly on the back of your tongue. Minutes begin to tick by with no real apparent effect until you realize that you're sort of laying back, reclining heavily without remembering when it was that you settled in so deeply and so comfortably. A warm, thick-feeling tingle, tingling sensation uh, drifts across your forehead and your temples and down the back of your neck. Your bones feel like lead, and the thought of trying to stand or even so much as lift your hand seems impossible to entertain. Uh, You can see these small motes of light dancing along the walls of the room now, but they don't illuminate anything. They flit and curl in time with that tingling running down your face. The walls grow darker, the room dimmer, and the sounds around you become muffled, as if traveling through thick-packed wool or from underwater. Darkness. The swirling fireflies of pale light dance lazily against this endless field of black that stretches out in all directions. Silence. The only breach in the stillness that is your existence now is this barest sense of the other person seated or drifting nearby, but you can't see them. One of those swaying pinpoints of light stops and darkens. The pale white light goes pink and then deep red, a glaring point of crimson, fixed and staring. It burns into your eyes and now you know without a doubt that the two of you are no longer alone. The light grows, flaring in pulses seconds apart. The heartbeat of light grows brighter or closer and you can see a face within this scarlet radiance, a woman. She's both beautiful and terrible at once. Her skin is pale, almost gray. Her auburn hair is woven like a rough crown of braids around her head with dry sprigs of dead flowers threaded through the braids. Her body is covered in the barest of linen robes. It's little more than a long scarf or a chasuble loosely belted around her waist. The belt bears the emblem of a grinning human skull, the color of fresh blood. She's curvaceous and enticing and her presence chills you to your bones. Her linen robe was once white, but it's now spattered with stains and a spray of droplets of all sizes, ranging from a dry, rusty brown color to a sticky, dark crimson with a wet sheen. Scarlet ribbons are tied around her arms, calves, and in her hair, and they whisper and dance in a phantom breeze. Morena opens her eyes and stares at you, into you, Her eyes are orbs of clotted blood, and her voice is this barest whisper that threatens to shatter your bones with its intensity. I see you, Riodan. You are lost in darkness, uncertain, afraid, alone. 
Her face was a mask of this warm compassion, suddenly hardens, and there's a razor steel edge of her voice that grates along your ears. Do you think you've turned away from me? Denied me your devotion? You know better. Every drunken carouse and cloud of numbing smoke was a hymn you sang to me when you took lovers and prostitutes to your bed. You thought you were calling one another's name and not mine? Every drop of spirits that drowned a tear, every fevered touch in the dark that briefly filled the emptiness, every deep breath that carried away your sense, all mine, Riodan Osgray, all for me. I blessed your blood that you might do great things on the face of Midgard, and you will serve one way or another. The Red Maiden's face once again softens with care, and her voice becomes soothing and disturbing as it was when her first words came to you. But I am not without reason, Riodan. The time fast approaches when you must make a choice to choose how you will serve me. Will it be in faith and leadership, as you so eagerly did once before your heart's light doused? Will it be as the tip of my bloody spear, driving vengeance into the heart of my enemies and those who would see my work destroyed? Or will it be as one of the husks, a mute symbol of my power in death to inspire those who follow behind you? I will bend you to my will, Riodan Osgray, or I will break you. The choice is yours. The flaring crimson light that surrounds the goddess slowly begins to recede, and her image shrinks back. Uh, or perhaps she moves impossibly far away somehow without ever seeming to cross that intervening distance. As she fades, her clotted gaze shifts and fixes upon Rowan. Though the Rune Father and I sometimes clash, we are united in this purpose. And he bids me to tell you that he is well pleased with you, Shade of Hugen and Munin. A gift on his behalf. She stretches forth one hand and points. A single drop of blood wells up on her fingertip and slowly drifts across the darkness toward you. The drop touches you on the chest just above your heart and vanishes. A shock of icy cold runs through your veins, and then Morena is gone. The swirling starlight fireflies drift together the light slowly grows and blots out the darkness, and then all is white, silent. And then you blink, and slowly your vision of the room begins to resolve out of that glaring whiteness that washes out not only your sense of being and vision, but also dulls your hearing. And you come back to yourselves, seated in the room, uh, sort of resting back on your elbows or just sprawled on the floor inside the circle. You can see the, the shimmering of the magic still around you and uh, your breath is coming in these sharp, quick gasps from the aftermath of this encounter. And uh, as you look around the room, you can see Otson over at the uh, the table just kind of watching you guys and occasionally you can hear the uh, the pencil scratching on the parchment. You still have um, uh, very much still have a head full of whatever it was that Rowan created for you. So you find it you're very languid, uh, very relaxed, very mellow. It's very difficult to move. Um, difficult to focus your thoughts, but you at least come back to yourselves in your sense of where you are and what you're doing. What the hell did you give me? Well, I 
wasn't quite a job. That wasn't a hallucination. It's awful. Was it as bad as last time when you got lashed? No. Far worse. What? Because you were talking to my, my mummy, dearest. Yeah. Is any of that real? Hi. Uh, Rowan, uh, you still have this this sort of icy, almost frostbitten sensation under your feathers over your chest, and there is a warm sort of pulsing that you can just somehow feel. It's not actually a tactile sensation, you're just aware of it, and it seems to be coming from uh, one of your pouches. Uh, Rowan will go and open the pouch, and she's still sort of just clutching at her chest. Okay, uh, so you open up. It's it's very familiar. You know what it is. It contains your rune bones, and you look through, and there's this faint glimmer of red light that seems to pulse in time with that throbbing sensation you somehow feel. And looking through the rune bones, you pull out the uh, Iwas rune, the Yggdrasil World Tree rune. You remember how it had that dried blood sort of caught in the inscribed rune on the face of it when you first cast your augury months ago and then came south? That blood seems to be liquid and it is faintly luminous and it the bone is heavy and cold in your hand. Well, isn't that unusual? <laughs> She's just turning it over and inspecting it. So is, is the blood coming off on her fingers at all? Nope. Think of it, it's almost like uh, it's almost like an enamel inlay in the carving of the rune. Well then, it seems that uh, you got a, you got chided while I got rewarded. Uh, and she'll just make, make his noises back at him. <laughs> they just kind of do that back and forth for a while. They just kind of get lost in that. And uh, the sound sort of echoes hollowly uh, in your ears and reverberates through your head and across your throat. And you're just sort of trying to figure out how it is that voices work for a little while. Rowan is sort of just takes Rear down and puts, puts his head on her shoulder and she's just like, you stay here for a bit. We're, we're still, we're still, uh, um, uh, uh, I'm not going to talk for a while. Mm -hmm. yeah. right, so for, for about the next uh, hour or so, you guys are in a uh, euphoric, um, almost opium-like near stupor uh, with uh, with some interesting sensory manipulation going on all around you. Um, it is very relaxing, although it never quite takes away the sensation of that strange visitation you both just witnessed. So we'll hop over to Cloak, who is uh, on his way across town. Uh, heading through the the lamplit streets of Zobek, across the bridge, the uh, the Dairy River, 
into the Collegium District. You make your way along the cobblestones to the alleyway that you know holds the entrance to the book fetish. You turn your steps in there, past the big bay window, uh, and step under the sign into the bookstore. You see it uh, much as you left it before, shelves all around the walls, uh, a couple of tables for reading. Uh, it looks like there's uh, a patron or two uh, sitting over at one of the small round tables, uh, sort of discussing uh, whatever book they have that uh, has caught their interest. And behind that horseshoe-shaped cabinet, uh, sorry, uh, countertop, with all of mm -hmm. the cases and the displayed bits in there, is a woman that you don't recognize. She's wearing a sort of flowing, um, pale red silk, uh, somewhere between a gown and a robe. Uh, and she smiles. She has very dark hair that is uh, done up into these kind of loose braids. And uh, she tilts her head at you and she says, oh, you must be Cloak. Welcome to the book fetish. Layla told me you, you might be coming by. Are you Alandora then? I am. It's very nice to meet you. Come in. Can I roll insight? Sure. I don't trust anyone. <laughs> uh, 13? Uh, everything she said so far seems very sincere. And she okay. seems um, genuinely pleased to see you. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, so... Um, how far away are the people in the other room? Or in, in the room? Oh, uh, I mean, they're probably 20, 25 feet away. Because it's, sort of, it's okay. sort of one large room. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, as I, I'm going to look at her and be like, um, yeah, uh, and Cloak leans in. Uh, and he's like, so, you're, I heard you had information about Fabian. She, uh, she smiles and says, yes, yes, Layla told me that you were asking about Phelan. Um, what is it that you'd like to know? Well, uh, why was he here? Oh, well, um, he's come here several times uh, for a few reasons. There were some books he was looking for. There were a few esoteric odds and ends that uh, he knows that we can procure for him. Uh, I think he uses them mm -hmm. in his work. She kind of smiles. Um, he was also here for a um, private uh, private book club. Uh, and then Cloak will kind of like do this thing where uh, he'll like lean on the table and like have his back towards uh, whoever is else in the room. And he's like, um, would that be for painful pleasures? In a very like hushed tone. And roll insight uh, on her reaction. Okay. Um, remind me how you heard that term. It was in the letter that when I broke right. into his house. Yep. Right. That right. Very good. Okay. Uh, I, I have notes. I have notes on my computer that I have at all times. Delightful. Uh, all right. So go ahead and make me an insight check. See, Dan always rolls 20s against me. Yeah. Okay. Nope. Um, so when you say that, she uh, she sort of she doesn't really react uh, negatively in any way to it, and she just mm -hmm. kind of nods her head head once. Okay. And it's like, uh, yeah, it's it's more. 
I don't care what you guys do here. Um, I just came over that information. Your name came up with that phrase. And so I'm very curious on what that means. Oh, uh, well, that's very simple. I was his host that evening. So I have a buddy who is, he likes the fuck house, uh, the silk scabbard. Is that she, similar she bl- to what blinks. This is? And then when you say, when you say the silk scabbard, she goes, oh, oh. Is that, is this like a competing place or? Oh, I, I don't think there need be any sort of competition. Do you offer the same services? We offer many services here for those who uh, know how to ask. But you're looking for Phelan. Uh, I'm afraid I haven't seen him in quite some time. Um, but I do remember uh, some of the things he was discussing when he was uh, at our club. Mm-hmm. How he... many people were in the club? Just you and him? Or were there other people involved? Oh, no. There were, there were others. Um and she kind of brushes right past the details uh, and, mm-hmm. and just goes right back to whatever it was she was about to tell you. And uh, she says, Layla suggested that um, it wouldn't be harming anyone to give you this information and might even be to Phelan's benefit. So I'm happy to share it. Uh, he was discussing meeting an acquaintance of his. Uh, I believe her name was Octa. I've never why met her myself. Names, why is that name so that's the name. That's the name of the tiefling. Yep, that's dead tiefling. Vampire. Yeah. Dead tiefling who tried to, well, yeah. Okay, Putting you to so blood. I, I, know, I know about, I know about, and he kind of like leans in, and he's like, I know about Octa. Well, she's dead. Um, so. Her, uh, her expression falls somewhat at that, and she says, oh my, I'm, I'm so sorry to hear that. Are, you don't think something might have happened to Phelan, do you? I suspect heavily something happened to Phelan because we haven't seen him in a week. A week and a day now. Well, he was discussing that he was going to meet with his friend Okta in Mm -hmm. uh, the lower zone, in the Ashmill district, and he mentioned something about a tannery. A tannery, you said? In the Ashmill district. Let me review my map. Uh, there is no tannery on in the Ashmill district. Ooh, there is not. I no. have to find it. Okay. How, and how long ago was that, per se? Oh, well, I suppose it was not quite a week at this point. Okay, so maybe. That's or perhaps it's a week this evening. Hmm. And I ask you, because uh, it seems that you uh, meet a lot of people. Um, do you know anything weird going on uh, during the night? Uh, you know, back there's like normal weird, but I mean something out of the ordinary that doesn't happen usually at night. Oh, uh, no, n- nothing, nothing comes to mind. Anything like that. Sorry. Hmm. Uh, can I roll insight on that? Sure. Because uh, I just want to see. Ah, 
fucking Christ, man. <laughs> Damn it. That was a nine. She got a natural 14, so. When you, uh, see, so you're kind of leaned close, turning your, you know, making sure your face is turned away from any other patrons so they don't catch a stray word or even maybe someone clever uh, won't be able to read your lips. Uh, and mm. her perfume is, uh, it's really distracting. Something about it. It has this just sort of spicy note. Uh, it's less floral than the other ones that, uh, that, that you tend to smell, and it keeps drawing your attention. Can I roll nature to see if I recognize or? Sure. Okay. Yeah, you can nature make an intelligence nature. Uh, th it's... This would be an intelligence nature or uh, I guess alchemist supplies if you are um, proficient in no, those. No, I am not proficient yeah. in that. Let's make sure I got so intelligence nature will do. Uh, 8 straight up. Uh, I'm not doing good tonight, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah, you don't know. You, you know, you're 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 feeling a little scatterbrained. Mm-hmm. Um. So, okay. He looks. He's looking. He's like, so. Uh, I'm so, I'm confused about what services though. So, did you? Is it similar? to uh, the Silk Scabbard. Or... Or is there a wide variety that you guys offer? You just have to know what's on the menu? I'm I stupid, so you have to really I give me I a suppose break. I could say it's a little of both. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like I would be remiss if I were to... Uh, handle this particular conversation. Perhaps you should talk to Layla. Hmm. Okay. So, actually, uh, one more thing. What ingredients did Phelan always get from you? What was the last set of ingredients he got from you? Oh, uh, well, that should be simple enough. I think we still have some of it. Uh, come over to the other side of the cabinet, if you would, please. Okay, and then you so like, she leads you. She leads you kind of around the other side of the horseshoe, and she starts pointing a few things out in the case. Uh, some of them seem simple enough; they're just kind of rare, uh, rare herbs and flower blossoms. A few of them have mm -hmm. some serious um, aphrodisiac properties. Okay. Hmm. And you suspect that uh, an actual skilled alchemist might be able to do interesting things with it yeah hmm so follow-up question um i don't know uh if you uh know anything like about this but do you know uh what drugs are popular in zobek or what currently is popular well um i suppose i've heard a few things and she kind of gives you this sly look as as all entertainments do, things um, rise and fall in popularity. Mm -hmm. um, recently, with um, the difficulties in getting hold of a Cory Blossom, it has uh, the demand for that has gone way way up. Uh, I hear tell that people are starting to spend double, even triple the price for for a Cory Blossom. How much is the Cory Blossom usually? 
Oh, uh, well, it's fairly rare to begin with, so uh, a single usage could fetch upwards of 15 to 20 gold pieces. Mm, it's pretty good. <laughs> okay. So, with the supplies he was getting, and I don't know if you would know this, would anything that's popular as a, a drug be can, uh, kind of consistent of what ingredients he was purchasing? Um, I swear, I, I'm afraid I'm not particularly knowledgeable about how all of these such things are made, but mm -hmm. uh, he was an alchemist, and I know that he did purchase various ingredients here for his experiments and his concoctions. Okay. Um, the cloak a is cory gonna, blossom. Uh, a cory blossom hmm? is one thing we can't get, though. The supply of that was very singular, and I don't know much about it, unfortunately. And that's that's one of the main things he wanted. Uh, well, no, you asked what's popular, and that's oh, that's okay. quite in demand. Okay, um, so he would uh, he would get the list that uh, what the last ingredients that he got uh, sure. because he intends to go show glass. Um, yep. and see if glass can piece anything together. Um, and he's like, well, okay. Um, so wait, when's Layla going to be back here? Well, uh, I believe she's hosting some private meetings, uh, private club meetings this evening. So perhaps tomorrow or the next night. Okay. Yeah. I'll do, I want to, I want to see, cause I want to know, uh, it looks like I'm going to be in Zobek for a while. So, um, just wonderful. I want, yeah, I just want to see, you know, especially, uh, sometimes I take jobs up for the Brotherhood of Alchemists, if that mm. was their name, uh, doing odd jobs, uh, getting, uh, supplies. So, I mean, maybe we can work out a deal of some sort, but, uh, I mean, that'll come later on, but well, thanks for the info. Um, I hope it helps. Hmm. Um, if, if. Well, I'm worried about Phelan now, given what you've told me. Uh, I hope you're able to find him safe. Yeah, me too. Uh, it's going to be... It's, it's been difficult, uh, but, you know, uh, especially with uh, his partner dead. So that's, uh, that's a whole other thing, but... Uh, she, uh, yeah, her face kind of falls and she settles back a little bit and she kind of chews on... <laughs> the quarter of her lip in concern and she says well uh, at any rate we're open uh, at dusk every night and so uh, we can see you here anytime yeah uh, okay that sounds good I'll stop by periodically and uh, see how uh, what we can do or work out but uh, I just recommend uh, be careful walking around at night that's a uh, Yep. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for your concern. Have a good night. Terrifying uh, conversations you just had. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you make your way out of the book fetish and can head wherever you like. I assume back to the silk scabbard. Um. Yeah, because it's late at night. Um. So, uh, going to go talk to Glaz, making my way there. Okay. All right. So, uh, Glaz. 
while all of this is going on, you're sort of like very poignantly turning your back to the stairs and the rooms and just not paying any attention, glaring at everybody who comes in, uh, spending some time to make your menacing presence known uh, <laughs> to the people who are getting a little rowdy in the bar. Um, a lot of people don't really know what to make of you, but you're a trollkin, and that carries just this little edge of fear, no matter who you are or what you're doing. Uh, and so there's been remarkably little trouble, uh, which is nice. Makes a, makes an easy first night at your new job. Uh, <laughs> Vlad's make sure that there's like a little extra, like sort of like, uh, what he normally would never do, but let's, right. uh, a little bit of extra, like roll down the, uh, the tusks to kind of make them kind of like, kind of All right. intimidating. got it. Uh, people want no part of that. Um, and the regulars who know you are just sort of perplexed, but just like, they just kind of go about their normal business, but you can see their head is on a swivel as they go by and they keep looking at you trying to figure out what in the hell is going on here. Uh, but nobody like bothers you or, or anything like that. If there's anyone he knows very well, he might be like, oh, all right, it's just a thing. Go with it, go with it. <laughs> 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 so uh, at one point, uh, you will indeed have that little exchange with Falia as uh, as she oh, comes yeah. out, and well, make sure uh, and she she'll not. and she'll bring you a drink about halfway through your uh, your little side shift here. <laughs> uh, so after a while, uh, patrons come, patrons go. Uh, there are a few fights in the sand pits. Nothing terribly interesting, nothing terribly troublesome, so you don't have to go and flex your new bouncer muscles, thankfully. Uh, a little while, let's say probably two hours or so after you start doing this business, uh, an individual comes in and you recognize the tattoo on his neck, or the, sorry, the brand on his neck. He's a black shield. And he, uh, he kind of does a double take when he sees you, and he kind of steps off to the side and says, uh, uh, brought some word for you from Thrick, you and your friends. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Uh, what, what, uh, there were what? Uh, there were some things you folks wanted us looking into. We uh, we got some word of Blood Kingdom folk on the move here in Zobek. Oh, and he uh, he takes out a scrap of parchment and hands it to you, just kind of like blocked by his body, yeah. so people can't easily see it. Yeah. There's an address there. There's a uh, there's a house in the dock. Dock District. That's where they're staying. Couldn't tell much more than that. I know that there's a few of them. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank uh, Van Dessian as well. Sure. He kind of claps you on the shoulder and heads to the bar to get a drink and then goes and bets on one of the fights. So it, yep. so he doesn't just kind of walk in, talk to you, walk out. He goes and mingles for a little while. Yeah. Glasses had his glasses off to look more intimidating, but he pulls them out so he can actually sure. read and sees what the address is. So there's a, just there's just an address memory. Yeah, just to me put it to memory in case for some reason uh, he loses it. And uh, then no he problem. puts his glasses back into his pocket and starts looking intimidating again. Yep. So uh, so we'll cut to uh, Cloak returning to the to the Silk Scabbard and uh, things starting to return to normalcy in Riodan's room. So uh, Cloak, you make your way inside and Glaz is bouncing the door. <laughs> As he looks intimidating, he's like... <laughs> Oh my God! What the fuck? What? <laughs> what is this? See? Oh, yeah. I, and I look at the room and like read the room. And I was like, actually, what the fuck? Yeah, you are. What? <laughs> okay. Um. 
Oh, don't I hurt me. I think it is the extra. I think it is the extra spittle on the uh, on, on the tusks. Very intimidating. He's got a wet That's spot a... on the collar of his robe. Yeah, I definitely. He's like drooling. He's drooling on one side. I was like, yeah. It looks like you got bit by a bat that was not healthy. Um, so, um, oh, 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 yeah. Before I forget, that was thank you. That was that was hilarious. But uh, so this is uh, uh, a list of ingredients that failing go. Um, and he like hands him up to uh, glass, and I was like, so with Akka, they were like making drugs together, right? So, do you think any of these ingredients are something to make drugs with? I can I can take a look. I I am not very good at alchemy. It was never my field of study. But I did have to go pick many of uh, many herbs when I was over at uh, Melian uh, that were needed by the alchemists. Uh, and I do know that you have seen several times now that Rowan can apparently just pluck that knowledge out of the air with her devotion to to the Rune Father. Oh, yeah. Yes. So well, he, the, I, that's the first one he saw. <laughs> Yeah, sure. I, I, I can take a quick well, as look you're at it, about just it, because you're of kinda, mm-hmm. remember that. Yeah, very uh, Do uh, see if this is anything that's from like up the Malian area. Um, sure. You can go ahead and, and make a problem. Felmire. It's probably Felmire. just going to be an intelligence check. Um, I'll let you add nature to it if you have. Yeah. Uh, I don't think I'm trained in nature. No, I'm not. Uh, okay. So uh, let's just do a just int check. Straight intelligence then. Uh, it's 17. 17. Okay. Um, no, it's nothing from that far away or that exotic. Uh, it looks... Li- uh... So I will say that some of those do grow in the Fellmire, but you know that they're not native or exclusive to that area. So it's possible gotcha. it came from there. Uh, you know that they don't grow around here, so it is probably trickier to get a hold of them. Gotcha. Well, I mean, the, uh, this was something that, in fact, alchemists that I would sell for profit out of yes, the cell mine. absolutely. Okay, that we had yeah. to go gather. Uh, so a, a few of those you recognize as having um, applications in some more amorous pursuits, uh, but as well as some medicinal properties as well. Uh, so pretty basic stuff here. Um, it is uh, used sometimes for love potions to, you know, get the get a, 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 a extra... Uh, uh, as Rowan would know, like extra long evening worth of uh, satisfaction at the place establishment such as this. Um, and uh, if you wanted to woo a woman and have her get a little more extra hot than bothered, uh, there's some of that in there. But uh, this is not anything like this isn't the handle with care type stuff that I was familiar with. Is there something, perhaps there's something on the list that is missing? Uh, was there something that they did not have in stock? The one flower that I can't remember the name of now. <laughs> a cori blossom. A cori blossom. But they said that was in high demand. But not necessarily that he was looking for it. That was just some information I found out. Huh. So a... But it is a flower, in fact. Yeah. Super rare. Uh... Glaz, you remember that that was apparently the specialty of House Zealous. That's actually, I had it in my notes. I was literally about to, I was about to go there. I was like, I was, there you go. I actually put it together once. And in fact, uh, well, if you recall, 
uh, our Fandisian had mentioned uh, Dervan Solzeg, who is a servant of the Zillis uh, family. Uh, mm -hmm. And they deal in botanicals and spell components. So perhaps that is something... That's not the guy we killed, is it? No, Savern's who we killed. Sorry, just double-checking. Savern worked for the uh, No, like the guy the guy that hired the Black Shields originally to yeah. that you... You know the, that uh, Thrick was following. You guys killed him at Castle Shadowcrag. He was one of the cultists, right? Durvin yeah. was no. We've killed Durvin, or is Durvin? Um, uh, yay! Simply, come on, kill it, Jesus! <laughs> you turn around, and suddenly <laughs> Tilly is just looming over you, cloak. Yes. <laughs> um, so Durvin is someone we've killed, or Durvin is still someone at large? Uh. I'm confused on the names now. Hang on. Uh, Durvin works for the... I have Durvin Delvik. Durvin right. Solzeg, servant of the Zillis right. family, deals in botanicals and spellcomments. Right. He was the middleman yes. that Van Dissian was dealing with, I guess. Yes, Durvin Solzeg was that middleman, mm -hmm. and he was one of the cultists assisting the Void Speaker individual at Castle Shadowcrag. He is dead now. Y'all slow okay. Gotcha. I, that's what I wasn't sure about. Okie dokie. Well, yes. remember the guy we killed? <laughs> he worked for the Zillard family. So perhaps... Are you going to be more people. specific? We killed a lot of people. Well, yes, but the, the person that was the middleman that Vandessian was dealing with, we killed him. But he worked for the Zylus family, and they, their, their name keeps popping up. Um, so perhaps... That's really kind of... However... I think I have something that might be even more... Uh, oh, Tilly! Join us quickly. Shh. We're having a... We're having a powwow while they're off you doing can, things, You can, you doing can bring the bear over here. He's the bouncer, so you're fine. Alright. Excuse, excuse me, connector. Excuse me, sorry. Yeah, so, Tilly, as you, as you come over to where Cloak and Glaz are sitting, and where they are sitting is by the front door. This is the place where that beefy human with the tattooed arms usually hangs out. Uh, it looks like Glaz is being bouncer for the moment, which is a little weird <laughs> in your eyes. But, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the place is under control, not terribly rowdy, doesn't seem to be having any troubles. Um, you can see a few of the staff who know him as a regular kind of giving him weird looks every now and then, but everybody's just kind of going about their business. There's like this bubble of no trouble around Glass that people are sort of avoiding. And you know that part of that is probably simply due to the fact that he's a trollkin. I mean, they are scary bastards, and that just sort of, no matter how amiable they are, that sort of clings to them. So... I knew who... you were paying attention to the fights, but... Uh... I mean, it's the most important thing on my mind. I just need it after a while of not having one. But who put you on this duty? Who who roped you into this job? <laughs> I actually paid. I paid to do it. Uh, wow. uh, so you're paying work the door instead of somebody paying you for the exposure. Yes, because, well, the alternative was watching uh, Rowan and Rio Dan go take drugs and get funky and back in his room, and I did not want to oh, see any of that. I don't blame you. That is I not paid something. Ten gold, too. I got off cheap, I believe. <laughs> so, uh, Tilly, uh, at your time at the at the fight pits, you actually won two gold. Oh, only two? Just two. Well, you were you were up. You're up and down, so you've come out a little bit up. 
Great. Awesome. So okay, uh, so we're gonna we're gonna flash into the uh, okay. into the room real quick. So as you guys uh, enjoy the last bits of the euphoric effects of Rowan's concoction, your senses return. You're maybe down mm. to uh, just sort of a light buzz at this point. The walls aren't really pulsing or breathing anymore. You're not seeing any floating lights. Um, just sort of a, a warm, pleasant tingle across your forehead and uh, and down your cheeks. So, uh, how, would you, how would you like to proceed? Well, aside from the existential dread that I feel now, uh, knowing what I do know, uh, I feel kind of good. Better, at least. I can speak now. Can you? Well, I, I, I can speak a bit better. I'm not, uh, I'm not just calling. True, I'm flapping, that is... flapping my beak. And you didn't I'm lick me, which is great. Let's say that, yes. Um, well, let's, uh, I guess, find the others. Because um, we get all out of drugs. With some difficulty. We'll help each other stand yeah, up. You, guys can, uh, you yeah. guys can get yourselves up. And about the time that you do, uh, you notice that the magic circle now expires. There's uh, another shimmer and a crackle, and that cylindrical, invisible barrier just sort of dissipates. And the... Uh, the sparkling silver dust on the circle turns black and sort of crumbles away to dust. Ron's going to reach her arm out to the bouncer. Uh, hit, hit an old woman up. Yeah, so he, uh, he's like hunched over this tiny end table with this massive forearm along one side of it, and he's hunched over the, the parchment, and you can hear his pencil scratching, and he's just sort of staring at you guys. This. And then once, uh, once you hold out your claw, he reaches out a hand and helps you to your feet. Thank you, dear. Right. I don't so, have the strength uh, I used to. He kind of uh, crackles the paper and picks it up and hands it to you and says, So, you know, you mostly just kind of sat there. Sometimes you guys made weird noises, but uh, I wrote it all down. So here you go. We done? Over. We are done. Thank you very, very much. Sure. Yep. Yeah. For making he, sure uh, there's no trouble. Okay. He definitely earned 10 golds worth of work. He kind of gives you a little one-finger salute and heads out. So uh, you see Otson return, kind of clump down the stairs, comes over to you, grins, and says, all right, the shift's over. Right, are they, they're not. Thank you for all of your assistance with that. I, I do appreciate it. And uh, right. hey, this was not, uh, not too bad of a gig here. It might uh, <laughs> have to, uh, maybe we'll do this some other time. Yeah, maybe. So he kind of <laughs> moves you away from his stool and settles down by yeah, the... Maybe I'll take your job. Let's get to go. So uh, as you guys kind of drift away from the front door, you can see that Otzen is... Uh, he's got kind of one hand in uh, in his pants pocket, and you can hear the faint clink of coins, which is probably all the gold you just gave him. And he's sort of eyeing many of the uh, many of the the pleasure workers who are walking by sort of speculatively and he's leering a little bit uh, can I roll insight on that? good uh, sure I don't know why he's is, is he he's looking at the shady buddy <laughs> oh, oh okay I thought he was looking at the shady like he didn't trust them no 
No, uh, no. Okay, okay. Kind of okay. hungrily thinking about dumping his uh, his earnings back into the establishment. Oh, okay. Ah. Uh, nice choice of words. <laughs> oh, but anyway, oh. So you I, spend, you spend an hour in a room with Riordan and you're exact same thought level as I am. There you go. That's, that's... <laughs> on the same wavelength. Perhaps now. we should get to. Perhaps we should get the whole group together. Uh, I have news from Vandassia, but we probably should talk about it not here in public. We'll go up to Riordan's room. So uh, uh, give me one moment. He goes to the bar. I need to brace myself. Gets him. Gets a mead. Sure. No problem. It's more so that he can put keep looking like he's drinking it, so he doesn't have to smell the smell inside of Riordan's room. It is a little ripe. All right, I so you guys head up there. Him. I mean, you did months ago. <laughs> uh, no, I guess it was more like mead. it was more like more like a week ago at this point. But uh, but yeah, uh, Rowan's in in not... quite a a jovial mood now, so is starting to like, clear up the remains of the magic circle and is just sort of happily prestigitating everything and making and making the bed and is. All right, so you guys Just come in, and Rowan is cleaning Riodan's room, and he's and he's like directing from from over by the door. I Rowan, thought you were still hot. Are you nesting? I'm gonna want to get the grease out from underneath the bed sheets. Don't know how it got there. Don't ask. Well, Rowan, good. why are you picking up his dirty clothes? What are you? There's doing? a light film of oil over that mirror. <clears throat> Oh, hello, guys. Uh, the room, uh, the room was in a bit of a state, so I thought that maybe I should actually clean up and get this place looking like it does. It is befitting for uh, the chosen of the Red Goddess. Oh, we're just cleaning up after we did all those drugs together. It wasn't as bad as he makes it sound. It was a lot better. Though maybe he does seem like it was. Uh, he made it sound like it was worse than the lashing, mainly because he was a, uh, he was. Uh, chided by his goddess. Yes, come in. I must tell you uh, we met Mirena and she gave me this a gift. And no, uh, no, no. Well, I hope not. But, Rez, Rez, come look. And she'll show show him the um the Awas stone. Oh. All right, so yeah, she shows you the World Tree rune, and you can see that the uh, where that dried, crusty blood was once sort of stuck in there. And Tilly, you can see the difference as well. Um, it now has this luminous red liquid blood in the inset rune carving, but it doesn't ever pour out, and it just kind of glows from within with this very faint red glow. Do you know what it does? Is it is it empowered? I, I, mean, I have a, no a, idea. A room so I mean, holding it, holding it in your hand, um, Rowan, you can feel this almost faint heartbeat pulse from it. Ooh, that's uh, a thing. My, uh, you know, most of my knowledge comes from uh, the arcane, but uh, the arcane can often identify uh, even the magics of the divine. Would you like to give it me to give it a try? As you wish. Uh, so, uh, ooh, let's see. How busy do we think we're going to be tonight? Uh, we might be busy tonight. So I will do it ritualistically. So I'm going okay. to pull off 
the moose skin and uh, set up to set out the uh, all of my little accoutrements in order to do a ritual cast of identify. Right. So Glaz lays out his his moose skin sort of half toga that he usually wears over his shoulder, and you can see the uh, the ink etched map of Midgard with its ley lines and runic uh, notations. Uh, begin to glow as he goes through the 10, 11 minute long incantation, waving the uh, small pearl over the lines and then over the runestone. So you guys can chat, share whatever information you want while he's while he's doing his thing. Uh, at the end of that time, you identify it, Glaz. It is called the Bloodlink Rune. So it requires attunement, and while attuned to it, you can cast Warding Bond without needing material components. Uh, by expending a uh, an appropriate spell slot. Or, when a creature you can see within 30 feet takes damage, you can use your reaction to cast Warding Bond with no material components and without expending a spell slot on the creature. And you can do that once and do it again uh, the next dawn. Wow. Uh, I, 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 I convey that to, uh, to uh, Rowan. I was like, this is a a, well, it is a divine gift indeed. Uh, it will allow you to bond your life force to that of another. Um, and even to do so when you are in mortal danger. Uh, almost uh, as just as quick as the danger is happening, you can bond yourself to someone else and share your life force with them. Uh, it's very powerful. Is truly as Belena said, then. The Rune Father is pleased with me. We're old in Morency during this experience. Oh, well, she said that the Rune Father was very pleased with me and she had a gift to give to me. And then she, well, before that all happened, she said that uh, Riordan would have to serve her one way or another. And that's every cry of ecstasy he gave when in the Fock house was a cry to her. Did you way. share this experience and what she said, Uriah, then? Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah, I was there. So, uh, Riordan's mellow sort of melts a little bit, and he's got this just faintly haunted look about the eyes, uh, particularly when this topic comes up. It gets a little <laughs> bit stronger. Like, but... <laughs> he's, like, smiling, but, like... <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's, like, a little bit of a rictus kind of forced smile, like, yeah, yeah. Funny. So no, no funny laughing for anyway. time. Just talks of worship, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Just, just, just some, just some talk. Just, just like a, a, you have to a use mother or an angry mistress. I'm good. I'm good. Is it because you've been denying your faith lately? Let's let's not worry about that too much. Just focus on the cool thing that Rowan got, right? What's it do, Glad? But loads of things. Make colors? Um, just pretty much what I said. Uh, it is a way to share your life force and help to uh, ward you against uh, against attacks, against uh, all the mean, nasty things we seem to be uh, bumping into. Oh, speaking of mean, nasty things and blood, um, I got I got a note from uh, Van Dessie. Oh, I thought you were going to say me. Sorry, I got a little... <laughs> um, 
No, uh, in fact, Vandessian uh, has done some work for us, uh, as requested. And in fact, uh, apparently there have been stirrings of members of the Blood Kingdom um, within Zobek lately. They apparently have made a, uh, a hideout, a nest, a coven, I don't know. What does a group of vampires call themselves? Um, a nuisance. Ah, yes, they've made a nuisance of themselves down Blood in the letters. <laughs> So, uh, apparently there are multiple ones down there. Um, so if we want to confront them, I assume, seeing as one was quite a challenge, uh, if there are multiple ones, we probably want to do some scouting first. Um, but that seems to be where uh, this incursion by the Blood Kingdom seems to be based out of, is this address down in the Dock District. Well, um... And just as Can a reminder, you guys paid for and received a divination on the whereabouts of Phelan from uh, the Cloven Nine last week. Oh, oh yeah, and Corey Tanner's. Okay. Okay. Um, so, because um, I just read that and it just clicked in my head. So, um, some other news. Um, as uh, I remember that divination that happened, uh, that we talked about uh, earlier this evening, um, I went back to the uh, work fetish and found out that um, the last place or last thing that Balin said to Elendora was that they were going to go to a, her, him and Okta were going to go to a tannery in the Ashmill district. I'm guessing that might be Corey Tanner's. And Okta would be the one who we uh, had the unfortunate oh, running. Right. And so, he, uh, remember, it said, seek him in the arms of the mummified monk of Morena beneath the Cory Tanners. So I think we need to go there probably tonight. Riodan, when he says mummified monk of Morena, there is an icy sort of clench in the pit of your stomach as uh, the Red Maiden's words that she just recently spoke to you sort of echo back through your head. And uh, when she was talking about making a choice and serving her one way or the other. And the the reference to whatever the hell that is, it, it's just, it causes this sudden sourceless dread. Love that. <laughs> so we are to stake out some vampires or we are to uh, possibly stake out more vampires. Fantastic. Uh. Do they make garlic, garlic bread at this establishment? Yes. <laughs> um, I what don't know. I've not, had, I've not eaten much here. Um, but so you were saying at the Ashmill district, but we think the vampires are in the dock district. So indeed, my address is in the dock district, Dan. Yes. And so Ashmill, that's another name for Lower Zobek. Right, which is not the doctor. Which is basically where you guys are now. Yeah. So I think the question is vampires or this mummified monk of Morena. Now, I look to Rio then. Um, 
a mummified monk of Morena, sensing as you were just having a lovely chat with Morena. Um, no, just is that someone we can go have a chat with? You can go, hey, I just spoke with Morena. We're all good buddy buddies. Can you give me back uh, our buddy Phelan? You know, I think it might be lesser of two evils, um, especially if there's punishments involved in me not doing something. So, yes, why don't I go speak to this monk of Morena with all of us? I'll be the yes, chaplain, you know? all want to go together. Uh, this killed Phelan before, and, per- and perhaps Okta, or if for your your other friend... Well, you have lots of friends who are not very nice, Riodan. Your other friend, Cosina, is there. That <laughs> looks like a nice, really. I, I think that maybe you should you should get better friends. Like, I like agree. Oh. Yeah, like well, you're exactly like me. me. Says the lady who's feeding him drugs. I am a friend. He's a good friend. Judgmentally. I was paying you a compliment. I'm saying that you're good company and a better influence on him than uh, murderous vampire ladies. Oh, well, I, want, I wonder if if you were saying that this uh, corpse of Morena or mama, mummy of Morena is potentially the person or the entity who or who took care of Arta or had relations with Arta towards the end of her life, maybe they have access to the weapons that you need and, not, and more weapons and our armory is always great if we have to deal with vampires. Mm, Coercion, yes. whatever that was you auctioned off for your benefit of high or whatnot. Yes, it might have my shit. Yes. I mean, it could be useful, couldn't it? I mean, we all saw the fight that we had with one of them. So I rather get the feeling that if I don't do this, I might be in trouble with mummy. Not the <laughs> actual mummy. But the actual mummy, mummy. yes. Um, if I may make a humble suggestion, Rio, then, let's put you in you your armor for this. Uh, fine, I guess. You just, you just know, you're not, you're not up to your normal Lost. snuff. Speaking of snuff, oh. if there's any more drugs, I would like to take them before I go. Oh. I didn't realize I was yep, muted. There you go. Yeah, you're uh, muted. There we go. We'll, we'll polish up your armor. Uh, where is it? Make sure uh, we'll get it out. We'll. Uh... Yeah, you found his armor under the giant pile of sour, dirty laundry uh, over in the corner. Oh, that's where I left it. Which is now no longer sour because she's put it in the bathtub and is regurgitating it. Sure. All right, so you can uh, dig out his plate, and Riodan, you can kind of strip down to the and put on the padding, and with assistance, get strapped into your armor. Clothe me, as I say. <laughs> just sort of, he just sort of T poses. Yeah. dominance. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, real All right, so uh, nice what is it? Back Good, what, five or five or ten minutes later, I think, is how long it takes to don heavy uh, armor. Don, so, don for plates, yeah. like 25, but yeah. That's a lot. <laughs> and with Rio yeah. Dan, yeah. But there's, there's all a couple of us. Of us so. Yes. Yep. I'm tall. All right, so, uh, Loki's short. Uh, Tilly okay. is not doing anything because she's sitting on the bed trying not to look because, well, I don't blame her. I just think it's funny he can't put it on himself, you know. Well, I mean, you're, you're, you put your you're arm on yourself. She does. One arm at a time. One leg at a time. Is that what people do? 
People put on their own armor. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. Are you people don't. People. Speaking people of which, sleep in their own the humanity. I'll go ahead and cast mage armor on myself, and then sure. hopefully, if we've got time for me to arcane recovery my spell slot back, that'd be lovely. Uh, yeah. If you guys want to take a rest, you can take a short rest. Well, as we're walking there or whatever, can I? Does that or, or does it have to be like sitting? Rest no, sh- a short a short rest. You have to be sitting down. You know, you know, like my really kids. You don't have to be. Time. You don't have to be sleeping, but you do have to be sitting quietly. Gosh, does, does Glass ever get a short rest then? Um, anyway, uh, <laughs> sitting, so reading. We won't, bother, we won't bother with all that. Quietly. Uh, I look. I look at uh, Reardon and I was like, uh, "So, are you gonna go back to prayer? We'll see about that." She said, "Every time I was doing anything, really, I was praying to her." So, think about it that way. Then I could probably get out of it. Imbibing alcohol. Uh, yeah. Every- and woman and other creature in this city is apparently a yes. cry to his goddess. And, and I... definitely not a cry for help. Why? I know where this is going. Real Me asking for drugs, let me be clear, is not a cry for help. It's a cry for drugs. So, real then, essence, are you saying that basically your last two months you've been on a pilgrimage to... Uh, Deepen your connection. I just said that. The, uh, to oh lord, uh, to enforce yes. your connection with Morena. I would say yes because right now she and I just connected on level that we've never connected on before. So I mean, I she may be angry with me, but it worked. It was a level of a mistress punishing her subordinates. But isn't that all part level. of Morena's? Is that Marina saying you've been bad or thank you? I'm not going to. I don't want the answer. Glass leaves. It's like I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I um, I'm going to spend some hit dice because I've I'm All still right. kind of wounded from the um, using my blood for the ritual last time. And oh, I'm right. Right. Find, yeah. I'm also going to um, throw the bones and just ask ask Wotan. Um, All right, so if you're going to be spending hit dice, you will have you guys will have, kind of have to take an hour to actually do the short rest, which I mean you can do that. You can please. combine that with with uh, with kind of catching everybody up on the various things, with putting on Riodan's armor, all that good stuff. That can all be okay. part of a short rest. So, um, and if you want to attune the uh, the Bloodlink rune, you can during that time as well. Yes, please. Yes, um, please. Okay. With that, uh, to Reardon, I'm like, so are you a worshiper again or not? Let's say I always have been. Okay. So, uh, and then uh, Cloak, uh, his hands would like emerge from his, uh, uh, under like under his cloak. And uh, he would like take your hand and like grasp it and shake it and then let go. And then you have uh, an amulet, a Morena in there, a Morena. Oh, yeah. And so Morena, he slipped a holy know. symbol, a holy symbol of Morena, into your hand. Drop that link. Ah, yes, I did. Uh, so, Dan, so, I'm just looking at my sheet here. Have we had sure. a long rest since the vampire fight? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, I thought we had. Yep. Yeah. Otherwise, I'd okay, still so, be super exhausted. 
Oh, right, <laughs> you guys, right, right. Uh, yeah, you guys finish your short rest. Uh, Rowan can recover from her bloodletting and attune her new item, and you guys can head out to wherever you're heading. So, where are you heading? The tannery. I tannery. Think the tannery. Okay. The mummy. Yeah. All right. Um, I'm glad so. we'll sort of look at Tilly and go. You know, you brought up a very good point. It never occurred to me that is Cosina. Sorry, is Cosina actually the mummified monk? Huh. Or is it two different pe people? I, I'm interested to see how this all susses out. Tilly, not really knowing that she made that insinuation, it's just like, hey, yeah, I just thought maybe he needed a weapon or something, and maybe this person's got it. Whichever one of them, or both of them, or one of them, or any of them, and just keeps walking. <laughs> all right. Uh, so, you guys, I believe, let's see, did you have a specific address? I mean, you had the name of it, it won't be too hard to find. Uh, so, Cloak, you're probably the one guiding them on this little endeavor. Um, you've been spending the most time in and about the actual wider streets of Zobek, so you probably have a uh, better lay of the land than most. Uh, and mm -hmm. so, you guys make your way down lower Zobek toward the river. Um, Maybe uh, kind of following along the uh, the reach of the Cobalt Ghetto, where its walls reach toward the river as well. And uh, so there is a large block of buildings densely clustered together, uh, not too far, kind of in this corner between uh, the Cobalt Ghetto and the the river. And you spend your time poking around the streets and alleyways there, and you find, after after a short uh, short search, a um, a building that is it's two stories, but the second story seems small, almost almost like a um, almost like an afterthought, sort of built up on top of the sort of wider first floor, and uh, mm -hmm. the windows are boarded up. And the door is the door is closed, and there are no lights inside. It looks quite abandoned. And as you get closer, you can see flaking paint on the window um, that you can kind of see between the boards. Uh, marks it as the tannery. Okay. Um, so, and these streets look pretty abandoned. Like we don't we don't need lights, so we probably don't have lights on. I I would not tell anyone if everyone tried to strike up a torch. I'd be like, oh. Sure. Not that kind of mission. Yeah. <laughs> you guys can, uh, yeah, I mean, you guys can see, so it, it's essentially dim light for you, so you can navigate just fine because mm -hmm. you all have dark vision. Okay. Um, I want to see uh, uh, if there is an access point somewhere in this building or something of the like. An access point like a door or window or something else? Uh, something because everything's boarded up. Um, he would he would try the door. He would also make sure no one's watching, uh, as well, uh, or keeping uh, an eye out on him. So, uh, can I roll like a perception to make sure my coast is clear? Certainly, you make a wisdom perception check with disadvantage because you're in dim light. That oh, nat twenty. I got nineteen though. Nineteen. Um, so it's not super late at night. Uh, there are a few people out on the street every now and then, but for the mm -hmm. most part, you guys appear to be uh, alone, just your own your own company. Yeah, uh, I would try the door really quickly. Uh, uh, the door squeals as the iron uh, guts of the handle and uh, the knob 
grind together, uh, rusted and neglected by God knows how many years, but it does mm-hmm. click open and the door swings outward. Or probably inward, swings inward. Okay. Uh, and using my dark vision, like looking inside and mm-hmm. like. Uh, yeah, so you can see the immediate entryway there appears to be almost like kind of like a storefront, combination storefront and waiting room sort of. Mm-hmm. It looks like a place where you might uh, greet customers or uh, handle the business side of things. Uh, and as soon as you open the door, uh, you can smell old dust, just thick, kind of billow up that, that old musty smell. And mm-hmm. there's this acrid bite, very faint bite of ammonia. And you can feel your sinuses like slightly open. Uh, the smell of it, it's not strong, it's not recent or fresh, but it's just sunken into the stones and timbers of this whole building. Okay. Uh, he'd be like, oh, Jesus. Um, okay. Um, he'd like kind of usher everyone over. He's like, it really stinks in there, but uh, this place doesn't look like it's been been kept here for a long time. Uh, let's let's get inside and see if we can find a way down. Yeah, but it's it's tannery smell that we're smelling because of like tannery smell, or is it? It's oh, yeah. not like yeah, yeah. Okay, I just it's not it's not like you know, uh, dead body tanning, smell. It's, tanning uh, tanning hides and leather is kind of a fragrant, nasty proposition. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. chemicals involved, and you can just mm-hmm. smell that. However long this place uh, operated before it was abandoned it just that stink sunk into everything here and it's just there's just this faint ghost of what used to go on in this building sort of lurking around much stronger had it actually been an active establishment oh yeah 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 you would have you would have smelled it approaching if it were actively uh, if it were recently active no this is long abandoned i think the more the smell caught cloak off guard for how abandoned it was and that it still was lingering Um, Uh, it's just faint not it's not super strong but it's enough to grab your attention coming from fresh air to that yeah um so yeah i would usher everyone in and then as soon as everyone's in like closing the door uh so yep you make your way inside uh and the boards kind of thump and uh hollowly echo with your footsteps and they creak here and there in protest with your weight upon them you shut the door Again, with a squeal of mechanism and latch, it clicks closed. Mm -hmm. So you can see a doorway that leads uh, back into the rest of the building, probably into the work areas. Uh, And you can see um, kind of a a funky corner of wall that probably houses the stairway going up to the second floor. Okay. With the divination, let's say it was um, below the tenery? below. So see if we can find a way down. Sounds like a plan. Titty? Do you uh, want to look outside? Maybe. See if there's a, another entrance, or do you want to look around in here? Uh, look. Hmm. You're strong. You're capable. Maybe look around outside. Hey. We'll investigate. All right. And, uh, before she goes, um, Everyone's just going to um, touch her head and cast guidance on her, should she need it. Okay. Thanks. All right. Thanks. So where were you? Where were you going to check, Tilly? Sorry. 
Uh, I'm just gonna go look around the sides of the building for, you know how like the cellar basement doors, stuff like sure. that. Okay. Uh, so you head back out onto the street and you clump your way around the building and uh, there doesn't appear to be any of those like cellar bulkheads like you're talking about, but mm -hmm. you do see a back door around the back side of the tanners. It looks like it, much like the windows, is boarded over. Hmm. Uh, can I approach it and just to see how uh, recently boarded over? If it's rusted and boarded over, like is uh, by all signs, it looks it looks heavily weathered. Um, the the boards that are nailed into it have kind of gone gray and are showing their grain and cracks around the edges. Uh, the nails are rusty, and you can see long brown stains dripping out of them where the rain runs across them. Okay, it does not look it, like it's been recently opened. Is it one or two boards enough that I can go ahead and spend a few minutes popping them off? Or... I'd say it's I'd say it's like three boards, but yeah, if you want to if you want to pop yeah. them open, it doesn't look like it'd be difficult at all. Yeah, sure. So you kind of you kind of just wedge your you wedge your gauntleted fingers behind there, and you can just pull them free by main strength. Um, so are you going to try to be quiet about it, or are you not really worried about it? Um, considering the building seemed abandoned, and Tilly isn't exactly the smartest creature on the planet, she's probably just going to pop them off as. Right. So the rest of you, as you're as you're waiting in the front room, uh, maybe just kind of taking it in, um, maybe whispering quietly to one another as you uh, as you wait for Tilly to return. You hear muffled from the back of the building a squeaking of m like metal on wood, and then a crack, crack and then clunk, clunk. <laughs> She, she she pulls all the doors or the boards off, but then taps on the door to knock. All right. Anyways. So there's another uh, another few cracking and uh, and banging noises, and then a very faint knocking. I open the door with a mean look on my face. What are you doing? So you're gonna go. You're gonna go find the back door. Yeah. Uh, so you head you head through that doorway that leads back into the workshop area, and you can see there are old wooden um, vats. There are racks for drying. There are workbenches. Um, there looks like there are hooks where tools would have once hung. Um, the place is just uh, an abandoned wreck. And you head over and you can see a stout silhouette uh, in in uh, the small window in the doorway there. And you open the door and there's and there's Tilly with the shattered boards that were holding the door shut, kind of littering the ground around her feet. Hey, there was no. There was no entrance. What? What are you so angry about? There's nobody here. We're breaking in somewhere, and you're making a bunch of noise. There's literally nobody here but you. Who even owns? What was that? See? Tilly. Tilly leans out. The scratch the stray cat. Yep. The cat. It could be a bad omen. Was it the black cat? It was a black cat. Oh, she's fine. Look, that's. That's rather presumptuous of you. Did you know if they're if they're walking away from you, then they're they're um they're bad luck. If they're walking towards you, they're good luck. Do you want me to bring a little? No, Claz will be looking around the front room. <laughs> okay, uh, you spend so yeah, you could hear this this exchange sort of nattering in the back, uh, drifting towards you uh, through through the rest hey. of the workshop. Uh, checking out the front room. Once it's not me. <laughs> uh, 
All right. Uh, so looking around the front room, there's really nothing here. Uh, it looks like there's some old threadbare furniture where customers might uh, might sit and wait uh, or might have a discussion with the, the people who once worked here. Uh, it's dusty. It's nasty. There was probably a roof leak at some point. It smells mildewy and mold. Um, yeah, there's there's nothing of interest in here. Uh, like, are there like a rug? I mean, big th- like rug on the floor. Anything that would look like a hatch to go into. We know we're under. not in the front room. Yeah, okay. nothing like that in the front room. So uh, we'll head to the back, I guess. Around the back room. Yeah. Okay. So you guys kind of spread out, searching through the place. Uh, you find the stairs up uh, at that odd little bit of hallway uh, that lead up to a second floor. And then so around behind that stairway in the workroom, you find another door that opens to a set of old wooden rickety stairs leading down into darkness. Well, here I go. But before we go, let's all make sure we're going down together. We don't want anyone being bitten or uh, killed. You know. Okay. Yeah. Well, I've always been very careful. Can we lean over and see how old and rickety the stairs look, just in case? We're not um. Down sure. Um. I mean, they look old. Uh, you can go ahead and make a wisdom perception check with disadvantage. You're proficient with brewer supplies, right? Not like carpenter's tools or anything like that. Yeah. Okay. A two. Uh, yeah, you know. It's made of wood and wood's pretty solid. You'd be more comfortable if it was stone, but it looks fine. Yeah. You first cook. You're light. Uh, okay. Are you going Last to take a look? Head, scout the head to see if there's bad things. Yeah, that, that's what I'm Smallest. gonna do. Uh, so um, he would uh, start. He'll like put his like foot down and then kind of like gauge its weight a little bit because he he doesn't know uh, how old it is. It's, um, but he's more. Sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. No, uh, but he's he's more like looking around uh, and seeing if he sees any movement down there or any kind of. Uh, so it's really all you can see is the stairs leading down to a landing and then it uh, takes a turn to the right and you can't really see anything there. There's kind of old crumbling plaster walls uh, on both sides of the stairs leading down to you. Uh, and you can see there's a lamp sconce down uh, on the landing, but it's, you know, long dead. Um, you set your foot down onto the stair and it gives a soft little squeak, but uh, seems to hold firm. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna try to stealthily go down the stairs. Okay, go ahead and make me a dexterity stealth check, please. Huh? 19. I rolled a 14, apparently. Nice. Uh, okay. So you, um, kind of swirling your cloak around yourself, uh, Mm -hmm. shift your weight down onto the stairs and very carefully, uh, picking, you know, picking your way down onto the stairs, testing it very gingerly to see if it's going to creak or groan as you shift your weight and you make your way down to the landing. Uh, the rest of you, Cloak, pretty silently uh, manages to, to descend the stairs. As you get down maybe the bottom quarter of the staircase, you smell something. There's that faint, you know, acrid chemical smell that's been pervading the whole place, but now mm. it's uh, the just metallic... 
uh, tang of blood. Stronger. Fresh being Mm. a relative term, but yeah. Okay. Coppery. Mm -hmm. Uh, And like, uh, when I look around the corner, do I see anything uh, with my dark vision? So you look around the corner and you can see that there's a a small uh, recessed niche and then a door uh, with no windows or anything. You can crack that open if you like. Yeah. Still being stealthy. I want to see if anything uh, is coming out of there. Yep, no problem. Uh, you very quietly open the door. Um, it gives a little bit of a squeak because of the age of the hinges, uh, but not uh, not particularly loud. You can mm-hmm. see in this basement room, there are old shelves, uh, many of which look like the slats on them have broken or been shattered at some point, hard to say. Uh, and mm-hmm. you see like empty crates and uh, other sort of small containers with a quick okay. glance. Um, not, nothing moving in there? Or, uh, you do not place. see anything moving. Nope, you don't see anything moving. Okay. Quiet as a tomb. Uh, uh, I would uh, kind of stealthily go back and be like, okay, come down the stairs one at a time. And then slowly make his way back to the door. I'll go in the middle. Sure. All right. So is everybody going down? Tilly, you just going down normal, or everybody mm-hmm. trying to be quiet, or what? Okay. Sure, I'm so Tilly, you come. Plate on. <laughs> I'm trying to be quiet. But... Right. Okay. Tilly, I was going to say you got two people with plate and glass. <laughs> Sorry. Did you say you're going to try to be quiet, or you're not even going to worry about it? I mean, in a Tilly way, I'm not going to roll for it. I mean, she's okay. going to be loud either way. Just all right. So she like. She, like, with exaggerated high knees, takes her steps down the stairs, and you can just hear clank, kabunk, kabunk, and you hear probably a, a, a soft pop as uh, one of the pieces of wood somewhere in the stair setup cracks under your weight but doesn't give way, thankfully, and you clomp your way down next to Cloak. <laughs> okay. So one by one, you can all make your way down the, uh, down the stairs. I'm not going to bother having the sneaky people roll stealth because, yeah. Yeah. All right. I was more going so to you... start making my way into that room. Yep, that's fine. As they're coming down, you you pull the door open uh, wide enough for you to slip in, and you can see that the basement area looks like it's probably mostly the same dimensions as the the outer perimeter of the house, maybe a little bit smaller, uh, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of full of junk and detritus and worthless old crap like empty boxes yeah. and uh like moldering tarps and canvases and is there anything mm-hmm. shiny oh no no you can't well first of all it's pitch black down here so you guys are all using your dark vision so there's nothing to there's no light to catch any shine so not that you can tell you just see the the monochrome gray scale of dark vision revealing the room to you uh, yeah, so one by one, you can all make your way down and join Cloak. Yeah, Glaz? Uh, Glaz would like to take out his uh, Lantern of Revealing uh, uh, and take it down to just the bullseye, because I believe we said that it, uh, it, mm-hmm. it, can be, it can be exercised as a bullseye lantern. It's, so it's like a hooded lantern. Yeah, so I will take it so that I'm not putting out lots of light, um, but, uh, you know, that has the the heart of flame inside of it and right. uh, see if I'm able to, you know, just sort of shine some light around 
in this downstairs area. Couple reasons: one, to see a little bit better, and the other because it reveals invisible things. Okay, so you're activating it. You're you're activating the revealing property, yeah? Oh yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, so uh, I believe you're having the light down to dim. Is that is that what you're doing? Correct. Yeah. So dim, I've got it down to the the dim light and uh, and uh, I yeah it I and this is just me. I my quick notes. The I know the identify is once per day. Is the revealing part of it once per day as well? Regardless, <laughs> I'm using it because I'm glad with the water. Uh, the detect magic is any sorry, number of times, magic. but you actually have to touch whatever it is you want to try and detect magic right. on. The revealing is once per day, and it lasts for an hour. Gotcha. Uh, okay, yeah, so Glass takes out the Heart of Flame lantern and opens the, the uh, black iron shutters just a little, enough to let uh, a little pool of dim blue light shine out around him. Now, to all of your eyes, that's bright light. So you can see very well around Glass now. Um, and he leads the way with the light into the room. Uh, at this point, nothing previously invisible is revealed. Uh, and you guys can make your way in and, uh, and spend some time searching around. Um, well, this is, this is pretty pretty simple. Uh, after about, we'll say five minutes of kind of spreading out and searching through the place, you find evidence of a lot of vermin living down here, rats uh, and the like. And now all of you can smell that uh, sort of thick background smell of blood. You do not find any source for that smell down here. Um, but it does eventually lead you to a small trap door in the back corner of the basement. It's wood it's old and weathered, uh, much like uh, kind of dry rotten around the edges. Uh, and there is an iron pull ring set in, uh, in the top edge. And the smell of blood is decidedly stronger here. Deeper and deeper uh-huh. the golden. What? Uh, <laughs> below. I don't know. I quite like it. <laughs> I, I his fangs starting to protrude. Yeah, probably a little bit. Probably a little bit, yeah. Oh, hi, buddy. Okay, so uh, who's opening the trapdoor? Uh, do you like to do the trapdoor? Oh. Uh, Someone who isn't me. I was just saying, I, Glass can, can try, I... or I bet Tilly's stronger than Glass even. Can can before anyone touches it, can Cloak look at it to make sure it's not like booby trapped in some way? Sure. Make me a wisdom perception check, please. Okay. And if Glass is there with the lantern, that is not a disadvantage. Hey. Awesome. 20, dirty 20. Sweet. Uh, you are quite convinced that there are no unpleasant surprises waiting for you when you open this thing. Okay. So then I would grab the ring and like see if I can lift it. Yep. Uh, I mean, it's it's a it's a wooden trap door lid, so it's not terribly heavy. Uh, you open it up with a soft creak of hinges and you can see an iron ladder in a, a little square almost like um, brickwork shaft leading down. It looks like a cartway's entrance. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. And there's just this <laughs> waft of this this waft of blood stench flies up into your face as you open the door. What? <sighs> nah, like, Cloak is already pulling out his sword. He is like, get ready for a fucking fight because it's probably going to happen. Uh, Glass. Hi. Oh, uh, I'll look to Cloak as he's the sneaky one. Oh, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, She's just one, wondering why, why you've become so uh, hesitant. The Carthways, they've not had much good luck. Yep. 
our first mission together actually was uh that whole evil cult tribe uh people go to the cartways to do shady shit and probably will try to kill you or do you know shit that they don't want other people to know about or worship things that they don't want people to know about or shadows fucking attack you and zap your strength because that's what they fucking do down here so all true um just a thought we are probably not going to get sneaky down this ladder i looked at two people wearing plate mail do you want me to just go ahead and open up the lantern stick it down there to make sure there's nothing invisible waiting for us I mean, we can, or I can just jump down there and, and I, then hope to God nothing is down there. That also works. I mean, I'd rather put the lantern in danger than I, you. Glass uh, holds his lantern protectively. No, no offense, lantern. How <laughs> <laughs> uh, dare you? Look. <laughs> what I can do. I can either go down there without the lantern, or I can go down there with the lantern, and then draw out if anything is down there, and if it's not, we're good. But if there is, hurry up and get down there so I don't die. How long is the la- how long is the ladder? Are we talking like a twenty foot ladder, like a forty foot ladder? Um, it's like fifteen feet. Fifteen feet. Oh, okay. Um, I mean, well, what let's is just, that's the easy way then. Um, can I literally pick up? cloak in one arm and the lantern in the other and basically just lean over because he's small uh, I'm sure. strong and I got long arms yeah and you have you have kind of long lanky gorilla trollkin arms sure uh, all right so you've got the the lantern by its by its ring handle in one hand and you yep, have uh, yep yep opened up all the way so so full brightness um, now there are these flickering shadows uh, cast by this and the flame inside the lantern is very animate. It it dances, it writhes, it seems to to sort of burn with a life of its own that's beyond the normal movement you would expect out of a flame. So the uh, the blue light cast on the walls has these silhouettes of you that are like undulating and weaving. Uh, you kind of crouch down, maybe even like lay all the way down on your belly to yeah, kind of hold down. him, hoist him down. And I'm you, definitely uh, holding hoist... him by the ankle. So you're oh you're holding him upside down by the ankle, all right? Because uh, his, his hands are free. The hem of his cloak I just snakes need one up, snakes up and wraps around your ankle, twice. Or sorry, wraps around your wrist twice, Glaz. Yeah. And you can feel it so kind of pull like tight. Glaz's foot for good measure. <laughs> all right, thank you. So I you. You drop, uh, you, you you hoist both of them down past the subfloor into what is essentially a sub-basement. Uh, cloak, the blue light flares out in this chamber. You can see that the ladder leads down to a brickwork room with, um, looks like four small square-shaped columns. Uh, the smell of blood down here is overpowering. Um, mm-hmm. It's actually starting to, uh, to get to you a little bit. I mean, you're no stranger to unpleasantness but mm-hmm. this is a lot. Um, you're upside oh, down. <laughs> and so you find yourself staring at a human body that is suspended in the air between two of those columns down a ways into the chamber. And uh, looking around, you can see that there are two 
or three great spatters of blood. Like, I mean, there's just a lot of blood down here. Sprayed all over the floor. It's kind of turned black with some age and in the, the bluish light that the lantern casts. And it's mm-hmm. you can see arterial spray on the walls. Uh, some of it reached all the way to the ceiling. Uh, it looks like a great pool of it spread over most of the center of the chamber's floor. And you can mm-hmm. see larger areas of blood sort of over by the walls and one back in a far corner. Way more blood than just one body would have produced. Maybe, you know, okay. I mean, more than two. And there's a there's a floating body in the middle? Looks like it, yeah. Not Not moving... <sighs> It's and you know you're upside down, so it's a little disorienting. And as you're looking and kind of def- bracing yourself for something to jump out and try to suck your soul out through your nostrils, uh, you mm-hmm. can see on the ceiling. Wait, no, on the floor, there is another figure that looks like a humanoid that is sort of seated against the back wall of the chamber, with its mm-hmm. knees pulled halfway up to its chest, and it seems to be uh, maybe wrapped in a sheet or a shroud or a blanket of some kind. Neither of the the bodies are moving. Okay. Glass, uh, um, hold on. And I like tug on the cloak. And uh, how far up am I at this point? With glass, uh, like lowering you're basically down? you're basically ten feet off the floor. Um, I would I would take the lantern out of his other hand, um, and then like tug on it, and then kind of just land on the ground. Uh, okay, and, like, so you're gonna go. you're gonna carefully hop down. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. And then I was like, yeah, come down here, guys. I'm not going to go in there until you guys get down here. But I just... And he's just staring at the bodies to make sure they don't move and there's nothing behind them. Sure. Uh, So you can see the closer of the two bodies, the one that's suspended between the um, columns, is a human male, and its head is, like fallen forward with the chin resting on the chest. Its arms are stretched out and up, and you can't mm-hmm. really see what's holding it up. Probably some cords or something. But mm-hmm. you probably have to get closer to, to check it out. Laz being concerned about his lantern will go down next. <laughs> sure. Yeah, you guys, you guys, one by one, come on down and see everything that I described. Uh, Riodan, you're okay with the, the, the blood atmosphere of this place. Um, it's a little unpalatable because it's so old. It's old blood. It's rotten. This really isn't anything that you'd want to... Uh, partake of, but at least it doesn't put you off or nauseate you. The rest of you, you can... Even those of you who have waded to the hips in blood in battle, this is a lot and it's thick, and it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot of good ventilation down here, and so it's it's almost churning your stomach a little bit. I got my cloak over my face, like... Um, Quick question. Does the figure over in the corner wrapped in shrouds look like a mummy? Uh, so you guys are a good 40 feet away from it so you really can't make out much in the way of detail uh it looks like a it looks like a person's sort of propped back sitting against the wall with uh, a cloth kind of wrapped around its shoulders maybe uh maybe like tucked over it and tucked in could be mummy i i I kind of nudge it's like the last corpse we talked to came alive and even though that's not moving (laughs) i'm just i'm just saying I could be wrong. I've been wrong before, but in the arms to... of the mummified monk is what the divination said. I'm going to nudge Riordan forward. Well, you're the one who's uh, talking for Milena. 
Off you go. Uh, no, okay, I don't know if something's down here, so that's not right. Thank push. you. <laughs> so now that you guys are down and have spread out around the the ladder a little bit, you can see that there is yet another body back. Uh, it was sort of obscured by the columns, and this one is just in the far back corner and just sort of uh, lying in a heap, uh, a scattered heap uh, in in a shadowy back recess against the far wall. Uh, I'm I'm rolling perception on anything sure. trying to stealthily make it look like they're not moving. So yeah, uh, take it. Yeah, you uh, can take an active wisdom perception check. That's fine. How 15. big is this space? Uh, it's about forty-five feet, fifty feet by twenty, twenty-five. Rectangular. Okay. You guys are looking down the long axis of a rectangular room. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. How'd you do on your uh, your perception? Fifteen. Fifteen. Uh, all right. So as you're kind of surveying the whole area, you can see uh, those great smears of blood toward the sides of the room. You can see mm-hmm. that the the floor is not. Um, flush up against the wall, there's actually a short trough on either side of the room, and those troughs are full of blood. And it's uh, it seems to be liquid, not coagulated or congealed, uh, and you see a ripple Oof. shake through one of them. Uh, you guys, weapons out, because there's something in a trough full of blood. Um, Ew. That's not good at all. Uh, I'm going to take a pebble off the ground, uh, and I look right. at Tilly to make sure her, her weapon's out, uh, oh, yeah. and he's just going to fucking <laughs> toss a rock into the blood from this distance. Okay, so you guys are basically arrayed in at the far wall, sort of in a defensive half circle around the uh, ladder, and... You grab a, a little bit of broken brick and toss it to the blood trough, right? Yeah. So it uh, it clatters off the wall and blops into the uh, the blood with this very thick, heavy plop sound, and mm-hmm. then you hear a <laughs> echo throughout the room. So let's roll initiative oh. as the blood in the trough spews up toward the ceiling swirling and pouring down and as the blood pours down it takes this very vaguely humanoid shape Uh, what the fuck is that I know what that is that's not good that is not good that's not the Kool-Aid man (laughs) oh no (laughs) no I wish it was Rowan is Rowan actually squawks in surprise. Ah! <laughs> so just feet firm around the ground, shield out. Let's go. Alrighty. I look at Rowan and I think, see, this is the fuck up shit that happens down here. <laughs> <laughs> this happens all the time. Alright, uh, so anybody over 20? 25 to 20. <laughs> nope, uh, 20 to 15? Tilly, really what guys. do you got? 15? 15. Oh, Sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay, it's like none of us go. All right. Uh, 15, 15 to 10. Glass is on uh, 13. Uh, 
Falls. Oh. Hang on. All right. So, uh, sorry, we had a 13. That was... Someone I got a 13. I just got a 13, but so did Riordan. and are both on 13. Okay, who would like to go first? Uh, Riordan's got much higher decks than me. Yeah, I can okay. jump in first. All right, uh, 10 to 5. <laughs> what do you got there, uh, their cloak? 4? No, me? I No, I have I have the 12. Oh, you have 12. Have okay, got Rowan had the 4. All right. Okay, so Tilly, you're the first to react as you see this uh, this large being, sort of all of the blood in the trough that runs the entire length of this room, pulls together in this sudden geyser and uh, twists up into this vaguely humanoid form. Uh, it's Dan, is, is there any other objects in the room? Like, are there structures uh, or is so, it just open way with... There are four columns uh, okay. that kind of lead the way down the chamber. Um, if you were to take if you were to take a ranch attack toward one of the uh, one of the columns would be giving a little bit of cover to this creature. That's what I Tilly Tilly is gonna run get behind me now and then she's gonna run over to one of the columns and shield out to watch and see how this thing reacts first. Okay, so would you like to go to the closest columns to you? Have the humanoid figure suspended between them? Do you want to go to the inside of the column, which will be on the corpse side, or to the outside of the column, which will be kind of on the elemental side? Uh, I think outside of the column, I don't think Tilly would be concerned with the corpse at this point as much as she would be concerned with a blood elemental. Okay. Um, Very good. Tied up. So would you like to take any action? So you can move up to there, and you think you could actually make it all the way to the creature and attack if you would like, or you can kind of set your, your position there. Uh, I think I'm going to set my position and essentially just prepare for prepare for a fight here. All right, so there's a couple of things you can do. There's a couple of things you can do. One, you can take the dodge action, which is kind of going on full defense. Uh, Mm -hmm. Or you could ready an action to attack if it came close, or do something else if it came into range. Let's go ahead and go with dodge. I'm going to hope that people will stay behind me, so probably go first. All right, so you take the dodge action uh, until the start of your next turn. Attack rolls against you have disadvantage, and you have advantage on dexterity saving throws to dodge out of the way of harmful shit. Okay, it's so the creature... I don't think Tilly's ever seen anything like this, so to see her quiet in a fight is like... Right. She's just kind of like... Uh, Ryoden, why don't you go ahead and uh, make an intelligence arcana check for me? That's a natural one. Natural one. All right. Uh, all right. So the creature surges forward with this hollow moaning sound. And it just flows across the dirty brick towards you, uh, Tilly. And it is going to... It's just going to... Uh, it's just going to come up and lash out at you with its, uh, its strange liquid but somehow solid blood arms. Mm-hmm. Uh, that is a critical hit. So that one will hit you. Uh, Why do you hate us, All right, so you take 19 points of bludgeoning bludgeoning damage from that first slam. As it catches you right on the side, gets under your shield guard, and you can feel it dent one of the plates of your armor. Uh, The second strike... Uh, this one, however, you roll with the first blow, lift your shield, and easily ward off the second. And your shield kind of rings with this deep bell-struck note. 
Billy cries. Figure. Why are you waiting? Back at the people behind there. <laughs> the figure behind hanging there. up in the air between the two columns gives a sudden jerk. <gasps> and its head snaps up with this grinding of vertebra. <laughs> you recognize it immediately, Riodan. It's Phelan. And there is blood, fresh, wet blood, pouring down his eyes, nose, and mouth. And he just kind of pulls himself free of these cords that were holding him up. (gasps) And it, uh, that figure, uh, it takes its action freeing itself. And you hear another scraping, echoing from far back in the chamber as the sprawled figure, not the one sitting against the wall, drags itself up. and begins shuffling forward. It moves with this uh, this stiff, unnatural gait, uh, almost like a puppet uh, being pulled sort of spastically on its strings. Uh, Ryodan, that's going to be your turn, sir. Okay. Um... Oh, fuck you. I say, I say up to the sky, fuck you. And I cast Bless. Uh... <laughs> All right. And, okay, um, so there's a there's a familiar surge as the divine energy powers through you as you touch your the amulet that the cloak gave you. Ah, uh, uh, so I will bless Tilly, and um, Rowan and uh, Cloak. Glass wouldn't look after me while I was doing drugs. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, those of you, those of you who are blessed, you feel this sudden adrenaline surge, and your pulse quickens. Um, whenever you make an attack roll or a saving throw, you can roll a d4 and add it to your total. So that's Rio de Pleasure. Okay. Um, so you were saying we are looking down the long axis of this narrow room. There's columns. We have Correct. this body. Uh, that has just pulled out of the columns. So are the columns like parallel, like inline parallel down the axis, long axis of the room, or are they in the short? Like, was he hanging on the short axis or the long axis? He was hanging about a quarter of a way in the long axis of the rectangle, and the uh, the columns are sort of in a square formation in the okay, gotcha. center-ish of the room. So... And then the one, then the thing that was against the wall is all the way down at the far end as well. And then the there was one all the, the way down at the far end. Yeah. So here's my big question for you, Dan. Uh huh. We're on a long axis of a narrow room, and I uh-huh. get a bead of a straight line of the elemental and the two corpse things. You could get both corpses or one corpse and the elemental. Um, let's go for and to, whatever. And that's going to depend on like which which side of the room you're going to kind of swing out on to get the line. Okay, so the big one is is that I need to not hit Tilly. Right. You so, yeah. All right. So the, uh, that will probably give the elemental some cover if you're going to try and blast it, uh, blast the front corpse, the Phelan corpse, and the elemental because Tilly went up to post up next to the column. So the column okay. will be between you and the elemental, but you can do it without hitting Tilly. Okay, so whatever two I can get to make sure I don't hit Tilly. Either, uh, either and, ones you want. Um, so yeah, elemental and a corpse. Uh, okay, so Glaz swings out hit. to the right side of the room 
and you get into a line with uh, the now on its uh, unsteady feet, Phelan corpse and the blood elemental. And you see Glass like reach his arms down into the ground, uh, down towards the ground and start humming this deep uh, sort of resonant tone as he uh, casts Lay Energy Bolt. It's a hundred foot long, five foot wide, a beam of crackling bolt of energy that he summons up from the um, from the ley lines themselves and shoots it down the room, trying right. to catch. So the, the uh, this energy it, runs almost like circuits along the floor and out of the walls into Glass's hands, and he unleashes it in this massive bolt of multicolored energy that rips through the first zombie, passes straight through the column and just seems to ignore it as if the stone wasn't even there and then into and through the elemental. So it does not get cover because of how label works. Yep. Uh, so what's your save DC? Uh, my save DC is, uh, I know this, I know the answer to this. Uh, my save DC is, uh, why is it not giving me my save DC on this? Uh, is 14. Uh, fourteen. Okay. It's a, it's a, and it's a dex. All right. So the uh, the zombie fails, and the blood elemental passes. So give me some damage. Okay. And that is, I love this thing. It is five d eight. Is and it's force damage, I believe, right? Uh, it is five d eight force damage slash die five d eight. That's 23 for the failure and half as much on the success. Okay, so Phelan Zombie takes 23 points of force damage. Ouch! And uh, that's going to be 11 to the elemental. All right, so the. Back at Glass. <laughs> so she calls out uh, this energy Tilly crackles past you and you can feel it prickling on your skin and causing some of your hair to stand up on end it just sort of passes through the stone as if it were smoke and blows a chunk of the elemental's abdomen out and you can smell burning cooking caramelizing blood as this energy rips through it the Phelan zombie kind of flails in the in the energy bolt and you can see his skin is ripped away and laid down to muscle and bone and a tremendous amount of blood begins to just pour out of his body. Uh, but he does not fall. Uh, Cloak. Uh, so this is what I want to do. Um, how far away are the the Phelan zombie and the elemental? Uh, so let's see. The Phelan zombie from you at this point is probably 15 feet away. The elemental is a good 20. So they're within five feet of each other? No, no. The the Phelan zombie's kind okay. of in the middle of the room, and then the elemental's over to the side. Okay. Um, so as uh, Glaz is casting that bolt, um, what uh, what occurs is that uh, he sees the, that energy and how it's, like, forcing through. So he starts mm-hmm. running up, and he starts using Planar Warrior. And as the mm-hmm. bolt goes through him, like, the remnants of that energy, uh, he would use that to... Uh, strike at uh, his first strike at the the blood elemental um and uh then uh as he strikes through that coming back and like stabbing at it seeing what kind of effect when he doesn't have planar warrior going on um and kind of gauging that um okay so let me find my attacks 
Um, so here we go. Uh, we're gonna take this. Fuck! Oh. Well. Alright, so uh, the uh, the elemental just sort of flows back as you strike out at it, and uh, one of those crackling arcs of lay energy just sort of jumps from Glass's fingers, where it's still playing about his fingertips, and mm-hmm. energizes your blade, and it, uh, it flows back from your strike, and your blade carves a slice out of the brick column. Make your second attack. Alright. Oh, that hits. Bless. Uh, yep. 1d8. Damn it, I'm so mad I missed that. Seven points of damage. Now you get your um, your planar warrior on the first hit oh, that you land. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay. So, yeah. Um, and as it comes up, so it... Oh, shit. I didn't mean to roll that. That's another three, so ten damage in total. Okay. Uh, all right. Uh, got it. All right. So it, uh, it sort of uh, flinches back with a... <laughs> as your blade rips through its body and splashes this spray of blood onto the back wall. Uh, uh, and, and at that point, I would kind of uh, look back at the two uh, clerics and be like, are you guys look good at dealing with the, those things? And like pointing at the like the undead. Um, Rowan. Eh. Oh, well, <laughs> I, I can try. Uh, she's going to at her holy symbol and starts saying a better word and in northern tongue as she panels different to turn on dead. Okay. Uh, what is your spell save DC? Spell save DC is yep. 14. Right. Doesn't do it. Uh, well, I rolled a one, so <laughs> one certainly failed. Oh, oh. all right. Uh, so I believe the range on Turn on dead is 30 feet. So did you want to move up to make sure you get the back one in the range as well? Yes. Okay. So uh, Rowan sort of uh, darts forward into the room, uh, whispering a prayer to the Rune Father, and there's this thudding bass note that rips through the, the basement, and you can see this distortion in the air roll out in front of her, and each of the zombies shrieks and clutches its hands over its left eye and begins staggering backwards. Uh, Tilly, your turn. Oh, as a bon- can I do a bonus action? Oh yeah, sure. Uh, as a bonus action, I'm going to cast spiritual weapon. Summon Ooh, the uh, uh, spear, spear of the Rune Father. Where? Uh, just next to me. Uh, so you can create it what within twenty or thirty feet and attack something. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll actually do that. Then I'll. I'll so I assume the blood elemental. The- yeah, I'll attack the blood okay. elemental. Because if you if you damage the zombie, you break the turn. Okay, so go ahead and make your spell attack. Okie dokie, here we go. That's with a plus six. Oh, with my spell modifier. Oh, that hits. I think it. Give me some damage. So she just just takes her arms up and does a kind of throwing motion to stab the spear in. Uh, the luminous kind of spectral spear appears in her hands and darts toward the the blood creature. So, D8 plus your spellcasting modifier. That would be eight points Mm. of force damage. Just your wisdom modifier, not your total spell attack. Oh, my wisdom. Okay. Um. Yeah, so so that's uh, five total. 
Yes, five target points then. Okay. All uh, right. I will. Sorry, Dan. That's okay. I'm going to use life drain. Okay. And how much? That adds necrotic damage, if I remember. Yep. And how much? Five? Uh, equal to my level, so five. Okay, so as you attempt to drain the life force from this thing, the blood just sort of ripples, and you're, you, there's nothing there for you to get a hold of. It is immune to necrotic, and, unfortunately. And things not even alive. Uh, uh, yep, 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 yep. Uh, all right, so I believe we're actually up to Tilly now. Sure. Okay, Dan, can you describe to me where the placement of everybody's physical bodies are now? Sure. Yep. So Please, you're up sir. fighting this. You're up fighting this elemental, kind of next to a column, kind of keeping it on the side so something can't come up on you on, on your flank. Uh, the elemental is in front of you, and cloak is sort of catty corner across from it. You guys are kind of fighting it together. Um, maybe at this point, ten feet to your right, in kind of the middle of the room, is a turned zombie that looks like it's about to run away from Rowan, and far back on the other corner is another zombie doing the same thing. Okay, I was trying to figure out how close the first one that was tied up zombie was to me, but if it's like six or so feet away, that's... It's, it's okay. a good 10 feet away from you uh, and is not a threat at the moment because it's turned. It's just going to try to run away. Okay, uh, so Tilly is going to grunt with all of her might and just throw into a full Warhammer attack uh, Get on this elemental, followed up with a shield attack. So. Yes, yes. Let's go. First attack with the Warhammer. Just the 20 plus my strength modifier at this point. Am I yep. correct? Uh, plus wow. your proficiency bonus. Oh, okay. So let me, I'm just going to type it up. Get it, Tilly. It was just oh flash die. Am I correct? Flash die. I do new. Yes. You're right. Okay. I'm so sorry. It's okay. Oh, that is a Whoa. critical hit, ladies and gentlemen. Oh. All right. Flips it in her hands so, and just right up in it. That's <laughs> right. Go. So Cloak drives it back towards you, and you bring the hammer up underneath the thing's flowing bloody head. So go ahead and roll double your damage dice. Okay. Uh, so 2d8 plus your damage modifier. Plus, plus 5 plus the 4, correct? With the bless? Uh, no. No, no, no. That the the four doesn't count. The D four doesn't count for damage. Oh, that's right. Oh, uh, yeah. The saving throw is an attack. Ooh. Oof. That is a sizable amount of damage. So there's a there's a horrible splorching sound as half of the blood that makes up this thing's head rockets up in this spray and splatter onto the ceiling, and it sort of twists its head around, and it's just sort of pouring off. Uh, where the half of its face used to be. If any of it uh, you gets have a into, into Tilly's beard, she just wipes it straight off before going in. Oh, there is blood sprayed across your face. Sprayed across your face, your breastplate. Yeah. Yep. Beard, on your beard. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's in the beard. <laughs> <laughs> All right. But you can make your second attack. Cool. That'll hit. All right. 23 total. Even without the bless. Put the Warhammer's second attack damage. Uh, yes, very good. 11. Ouch. And your bonus action to bash with the shield? Mm hmm. 
Oh, you hit like a truck. Damn, girl! <laughs> that's smart, but she can definitely roll. Alright. Work, girl. Is this plus eight as well? You'll have to forgive me for being so dumb. Yes, on this. This, is, this is plus eight not... as well. You're pro- yeah. You are proficient in your shield bash. Get another hit. She's literally probably grunting this entire time because this is like her thrill of the life. So <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Cloak, if you can see her freaking out right now. Yeah, oh, no, she, she, is, she is way into what's going on here. Uh, it was she, a D8 plus five is what you want. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A D8 with the shield, nice. Cloak is just thinking with oh, I'm himself. Sorry. No, no, no. I'm sorry. You're right. It wasn't a Warhammer. You were right the first time. Not that it matters. You rolled the same thing. You did it right. I'm yeah. not paying attention. No, it's uh, okay. damage. Got it. Sorry. All right. <clears throat> sorry. Cloak thinking to himself is just like, yeah, good thing she's on my side. Um, so there's a uh, there's a great spray and spatter of blood all over you, Cloak. Thankfully, your Cloak hides it. Uh, the elemental reels back. And you can see parts of it are just starting, starting to like lose their cohesion and pour off onto the floor. And then its head kind of swells back up and it dives itself forward. And it just sort of flows over Cloak and Tilly and around the pillar. So I need each of you to make a constitution saving throw. Uh-oh. Is that true or all of us? Uh, Remember, two. we get, uh, we get a deforce that. Uh, yeah, so you was... that as well. Okay. 13, was that everyone, 14... Dan? No, just, no, those just two. us two. Okay. Uh, I got an 18 in total. Okay. <laughs> Shit. All right. So uh, that one wasn't. Oh, God, that is. Yeah, you know, your proficient strength saves. All right. So both of you mm-hmm. manage to. Uh, so this blood swirls around you and starts to sweep you up off your feet and pull you inside this creature's body. And you manage mm-hmm. to just kind of uh, throw yourselves back and sort of uh, kick swim your way out of this blood creature. Uh, and you could feel it beginning to pull at the blood in your own body while you were inside there. Uh, oh. So. Ooh. Yes. Uh, it will lash about with its slams. Uh, cloak 16 to hit you? Nope, miss. Nope. All right. So you uh, you throw your blade up and, and parry it strike. Uh, Tilly, 21 to hit you. Uh, AC's 21. All right. So you're hit. Uh, uh, it... I, can I use a reaction? You can. Ooh. I'm going to invoke my um, bloodletting rune and Ooh. reach out towards Tilly to um, confer the um, warding bond. All right, so you cast warding bond on Tilly. Tilly, you feel this um, this sudden kind of tingle around your skin, and there's this uh, this faint faint luminous aura for a moment and uh, the rest of you can see the same aura flare around Rowan. Uh, So as the creature's blood fist sort of drives into you, you take uh, eight points of bludgeoning damage, but then you're resistant to that, so you only take four. And uh, Rowan, you feel this crackling pain as you take four four points of damage. Oh, I I take damage, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah so that's how warding bond works. What it does. Warding bond, it's like you, you bond with sharing, someone and split the damage. Right, you're basically splitting the damage. 
and I've given uh, her a plus one to her. Uh, I've given her a plus one to AC. Oh yeah, as well. Yep, and it's a and it's a plus one to AC as well. Yep. Okay. All right. Good to know. Good to know. So that happened as a reaction. It was slamming. It's done. Uh, blood zombies. They panic and run away. They uh, they go running and scurrying back to the the far end of the chamber. Rio Dan, it's your turn. All right then. Ha <laughs> Um. Anyone hurt? Particularly. Uh, you've seen Tilly take a couple of hits. Uh, she seems like. She's- Hey, it seems like she's enjoying that, it overall. Other than that, not really. <laughs> well, I'm no good at hitting things, so... If you, well, if you want to show your faith, then now is as good a time as any to go down. No, now you say that, I don't. I really don't. Uh, so I'm going to run up to it and stab it instead. <laughs> Do something, All right. fuck. Tilly is like excited that you're gonna run in a fight. She's like, yeah! (laughs) Instead of ignoring the fact that she's a heel, she's just like, do it! Uh, Not 20, baby! Oh, that's a critical hit! Alright! And that is 16 points of good. Alright! Look at that max on the So, uh, your your blade bites into its body, and, uh... So it's a it's a palpable strike, and you drive it in towards where its heart would be and twist. But its body seems to just kind of flow around your blade, absorbing the brunt of the the impact. It does take damage. Okay, uh, Rita and Glaz. Um, Glaz, uh, seeing this uh, this flowing liquid thing, um, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is going to help, but hopefully it's not something that this guy. Is like immune to. Uh, I'm going to pull out my diamond and spin it up and cast chromatic orb at second level uh, okay. towards uh, this and doing cold damage to see if maybe I can like freeze a chunk of it off or something. I mean, blood freezes, okay. right? Sure. Alrighty. Uh, go ahead and make your spell attack roll. It will have half cover from the, uh, the pillar in the way. Uh, so that's a 15. Uh, unfortunately, the bolt of cold, uh, the orb that spins out of your now incandescent blue glowing diamond, uh, clatters off of the, uh, the, the cover, just narrowly missing the creature, oh, and sort of sprays into a, a burst of ice and, uh, and snow shards. Uh, would you like to move anywhere or do anything else? Um, is there... I mean, I know I've got three of them around it right now, so I probably... I mean, is there a way to get in a to get a line, a better bead on this for a next attack without getting like an attack of opportunity or something? Um, so you would have to kind of get around behind it and maybe into the trough where the blood was to get a clear shot at it. Yeah, Because there's people <laughs> clustered around it now and a pillar. Yeah, so no, I, I Laz will, Laz will probably just, yeah, he's gonna keep an eye on those zombies down there toward the other end as well. Okay, uh, Cloak, your turn. All right, planar warrior. Um, as uh, he uh, looks for how to attack item, there we go. Uh, so he's going to use planar warrior uh, with his uh, weapon, and so uh, this d20 plus four. So that'd be a total of 27 to hit. Oh, that very much hits. Damage. All right, and so this would be six plus 
Uh, so 12 damage with that attack. Um, okay. And then my second attack. Ah, crit is a critical hit. Wow. Look at all, you, all these crits, man. Yeah. Look at all these crits. Um, <laughs> fine joke. Okay, so let's let's double that. Oh, let's uh, do this. Double your D8s. There you oh, go. Okay. Well, 11 damage. Ouch. All right. So uh, a... this one, with without the benefit of your uh, your sort of drawing on the planes and residual magic around you, your blade just mm-hmm. kind of splashes through its body, but you do manage to uh, to, to cause some damage to its its corporeal essence. Um, I suspect so as much. Rowan. Rowan, your turn. Okay. Well, he's going to just um, check that Tilly's okay first. You're not too hurt. And you keep fighting. No, this is... Do something! And she's like excited okay. by all of this as opposed to like... I'm fine! And are you all fine? Are you all fine? I'm fine! Yes, <laughs> I'm fine! She's going to all right. pass, um, hold her finger out um, and then let loose a guiding bolt. Ooh, okay. Uh, so there will be there will be half cover from all of the people clustered around it and the the pillar from where you're standing. So go ahead and make your attack can I try roll. And, can I try and move around the pillar, or is it still going to have half cover? So uh, you will kind of have to, like I said, like for glass, you're going to have to get like up and around and then down into that blood trough to have a clear shot to get behind the creature. Well, you can probably oh, doesn't yeah. mind blood. <laughs> into the blood trough we go then. Okay, so she darts into the room and sort of swings wide, and this you hear splash down into that trough of blood that's probably about eight inches deep, um, and you have a clear shot at the creature's back. This lines up a shot and bang. Nineteen. Nineteen will hit. Give me some nice. radiant awesome. damage. That's going to. We have some 5d6. Oh, blood elemental. Wow. You're looking radiant today. <laughs> All right. The uh, the coruscating radiant bolt strikes it, and uh, you can see it just vaporize a part of its chest, and then this lingering glowing aura settles around it. So the next attack roll made against it will have advantage. Well, that would be on my, uh, my spear. Yep. And so then she... She rips her hand around and throws it again. Go ahead. Nice. 23. And, uh, did you roll with advantage? Oh, sure you get a second. Oh, yeah. just in case it's not roll with advantage. Yep. So just roll another, roll yeah. another d20. Okay. 23 is good ah. enough. So give me some damage for that spiritual weapon. It's a d8 plus 5. Ugh. Ugh. 11. And she, as she just sort right. of tries to rip it through with all her you willpower. Drive the spear through the nape of the creature's neck, and you can hear it crackling and obliterating the blood. This just uh, this this magical construct. Uh, so at the end of this round, there is a gut wrenching sound that echoes from the other side of the chamber as the other blood trough explodes and surges into a second one of these creatures that claws its way up out of the ground. Uh, but it doesn't get to take its turn just yet. So Tilly, it's your turn. Okay. No. I'd like to invoke <laughs> fuck this shit. 
<laughs> really in the same vein, it's just gonna roll on out and attack again with the warhammer. Oh, right. this is not good. Oof, distracted. Distracted. Roll your d4 for bless. And you also have guidance. That's right. That does not affect attack rolls, unfortunately. Only ability okay. checks. Fifteen. That'll hit. Hey. Oh, the the bless the bless got you there. Tell <clears throat> me. This is why I do this spell. Let's take credit. Oh my god. Did you so sneeze? Much damage. Someone blessed you. <laughs> Thirteen. Uh, got an F6. Oh god. All right. So your your warhammer rips into the creature's body, and it's now sort of like giving this coughing gurgle as these bubbles sort of burst out of it, and the outer skin of this blood form is starting to just pour down and pool on the the stones in front of you. It's barely able to hold itself together. <laughs> so you make your right. second attack. Excuse my doge. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, well, that that one thing, a thirteen. It uh, it just sort of parts its form around your blow, and your hammer strikes a big chunk out of the brick wall. And uh, you could strike with your shield. Yep. Um. And okay. Oh, and that'll hit. And then your shield. All right. Is... So you don't even have to worry about worry about okay. rolling damage at this point. So as it as you're driving it back with these powerful onslaught of blows, you just jam your uh, shield rim forward and you take its head off at this fluid blood neck. And the whole thing like uh, like a bubble with its skin being burst just pops and sprays blood all over all of you around it and pours onto the ground. <laughs> Okay, two hands on her shield. Can you tell me where in relation to me and the pillar this other one is? For, it's further down the... It's on the other side of the room. So um, you can almost make it to it, but you'll, you'll have to maneuver around the people that are kind of clustered around you, so you can't quite make it all the way there. Yeah, I think Tilly is going to step back with the pillar and try to recover, wipe some blood off, and maybe ask Riordan, can you give me a little bit of a push, a little bit of a heal, because i got to get to that second one. All right. I'll think about so it. I'll talk to that's what you—that's what you call out for, right? Uh, the blood elemental has entered the fray. So this creature surges up out of the trough, and is going to. Uh, I need you to make a Constitution saving throw, please, as it, like the other one, tries to flow over you. Cloak. Is it? Is it am that's I doing that? Or who's, uh, doing, who's making that? No, it's just Tilly. Okay. Also, D4. All right. Thanks to the bless, you managed to. Uh, thanks to the bless, you managed to uh, to stave it off. Uh, it will flare over you, and you'll kind of push your way out of it, and it will screech over, and. Make two slams against you. <laughs> uh, that's a 17. That's not going to hit. Why is it throwing two dice? That's weird. All right. Uh, all right. So you uh, you throw up your shield and uh, kind of cross block with the haft of your warhammer as it begins raining blows down on you. Uh, the blood zombies are cowering still against the back wall. Uh, at this point, you see a flare 
from the the shrouded figure sort of resting back against the wall and this red light kind of bursts from it over the the back side of the wall there what was your spell save dc rowan oh uh 14 14 all right so the the light settles over the two bleeding zombies but uh they remain turned uh, Rio Dan, your turn. All right, uh, then I will do as it has been asked of me. I second level cure uh, wounds. So I'm going to wrap Tilly and Healer. All right, and that will be for a well, nine. Are you just pat- patting her on the head? Thank you. There you All go. Right, so... Fine. Tilly, you recover. Yeah, you you move up to behind Tilly, place your place your hand on her, and Tilly, you can feel this radiant energy flow through you, and it just washes away the pain and uh, fatigue, and you can feel your your bruises beginning to to uh, to heal of their own accord. I appreciate uh, that. Don't touch me too much, though. I don't. Th- thank you, Edward. Thank you. I appreciate. Feels it. weird. Mm. Oh. <laughs> so just I I kind of I I, I got confused. We got sure. one blood elemental left, two zombies that are turned, and then there's also the slouching figure. Mm-hmm. Okay. The slouching figure has not moved or stood up or anything. There was just that kind of faint red glow Flash that, of light. that happened. Yep. How so, far? Uh, what way? Yeah. We didn't see it. We didn't see it. I mean, and so the three, the shrouded figure and the two zombies are all on the same far wall together? They're all on the far wall, yeah. Roughly together, mm-hmm. yeah. Within, say, 15 feet of each other. 15 feet of each other. Do I want to keep them down there, or...? I mean, the, the, the zombies are turned. They're, they're just cowering yeah, in the corner. Yeah, they're not going anywhere. So, yeah, let's go. Let's, one at a time. Um, so, it does this uh, does, does this new um, <clears throat> elemental, blood elemental, have uh, cover from me? Uh, not, no, it's kind of in the middle of the room. You're actually uncomfortably close to it at this point. You're probably about 10 feet away from it, from where you were standing and where it rushed up to meet Tilly. So, uh, no, no cover. Uh, so yeah, no, then I'm in a chromatic orbit. Uh, I'm at least okay. going to try a chromatic orbit. Um, cold and again. I'm going to do cold again, just because I, that, why not? Laz thinks this might sure. be a good idea. Sure. Ah! Glass is not All right. doing well with his it's, spells. Uh, it's really frustrating. <laughs> it uh, just throws its arm out and kind of bats the orb away, and you can see the outer sort of skin of its flowing blood body freezes solid, but then it just kind of churns back into the rest of it. Uh, okay. Uh, Question answer, uh, sort of. Cloak. Well, I mean, not uh, really. <laughs> You'd have to hit yeah, it to yeah. answer the question. But. Uh, so, Cloak this time, uh, so Tilly's, like, walking up and approaching it, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, she's in its face. Um, so, uh, he's going to walk up, and he's going to, like, you got this, Tilly. And as he touches her, uh, runes start to uh, glow all over her body, and, like, her... Uh, is her raven on her shield? Yes. Uh, so that would like the, the outline of it would start glowing uh, as uh, Cloak casts uh, protection from good and evil on her. Uh, so now, uh, until the spell ends, one willing creature you touch is protected against certain types of creatures aberrations, celestials, elementals, fey, fiends, and undead. So I pick one of those, right? 
No. Or no, it, it gets all of them. It's all of them? Okay, yeah, well, uh, so now when any of those type of creatures make a attack against you, they have disadvantage, and you cannot be right. charmed from possessed uh, by them at all. So you are a super tank. Hilly gives you yep, like a the- bar brawl grunt, like, oh, yeah, and like almost like side <laughs> chest on you as she walks by. Flies across the room. Sorry, no, nothing. It's a. So does that apply Which to is, attacks and spells, or just attacks? Any attack just, roll, attack rolls by yeah. creatures against her have disadvantage. Yeah. So if she has to make a save, uh, uh, I believe that's uh, not doesn't yeah. count. But uh, if it's a spell attack, yeah. Right. Okay. Uh, so that was cloak. Uh, Rowan, your turn. How far away is the? Uh, cloaked thing at the end of the tunnel. Uh, from you, from here, probably about fifteen feet. Okay. You can uh, you're um, a little closer to it. You have side. a you have you have a better look at it now. You can see that it is indeed a corpse. Uh, at first, it looks like perhaps an emaciated old man, but it is very much dead. Its skin is very dry. Uh, it looks like no decomposition has set in. Uh, the skin is uh, sunken and hollow and pulled tight against its bones, and its eyes are shrunken and shriveled. And it's sort of laid back in this uh, this feeling of repose. And you can see uh, set around its throat, just behind its hands, you can see there's a holy symbol of, uh, of Marena, the Red Maiden around its neck and under the shroud that is laid over it it is um wrapped in it's not exactly wrapped in linen bandages but it's wearing this like one it was once probably a pristine white linen robe uh that is now just grimy and nasty um and it's just sort of staring straight ahead she's going to get maybe five or ten feet closer so she's not quite in touching distance but Sure. Maybe yeah, you can move right up to life. it. Yep, no problem. You can hear the moaning to... and wailing of the zombies uh, nearby, and they're constantly gurgling and just belching up these gouts of blood that are pouring from their wounds and from their eyes and ears. She's just going Did you to wanna... point, her, her, point her hand directly at uh, this mummified creature and cast a third level guiding bolt. All right. Every time you say that, it makes me think like you're doing the James Bond. <laughs> All right, uh, that will definitely hit this thing. Go ahead and roll some damage for me. Hey, how many? They have to roll. Uh, third level, I think okay. that's six. Sixty-six. Uh, All right, 26. twenty-six radiant damage. Radiant. So she gathers up this uh, this mode of light in her claw that leaks through her fingers and shines on the walls, and just unleashes this torrent of radiant energy into the uh, the supine figure before her. And you can hear Riodan in the back of your mind an agonized scream as this figure's paper-like skin is ripped away from its bones, and the rest of its body just quickly reduced to ash under this radiant mm-hmm. onslaught. And the uh, amulet at your throat gives a sort of jump and and this feeling of um, kind of revulsion washes over you at what you just saw. Uh, the scream that he heard in his head echoes at the far side of the room 
and the zombies stiffen, and both as one turn toward Rowan. Uh, so that uh, that thing is reduced to ash. Bonus um, action, going to um, sure. run my my spear over to me and just look at at Phelan with pity and okay, unleash on him. And, uh, attacking him with the spear. Yep. Oh, I don't think that would hit. Uh, and eight will not do. Now is she she blessed? Plus forward. I am blessed. Yeah. You need to roll. That's though. So roll a roll a d4. Yeah. That's no <laughs> that is the one thing you needed to not roll. All right. So uh, you kind of drive the spear into its shoulder, and it just walks forward and pulls itself off the the shaft of the spear coming towards you. <laughs> it just ignores it, and blood oozes down from the wound. Uh, Tilly, your turn. Alright, um, Tilly just complete in tunnel vision uh, towards fighting this other elemental is rushing right in full, full, full arm force with her warhammer. Get her. Bobby Rowan! Okay. <laughs> Tilly, Tilly gets a little thirsty. Sorry. Oh, ah. 24. That'll hit. Solid hit. And then... Okay. Ouch. 12. All right. So the uh, the warhammer splorches into the body, and the thing reels back and <laughs> make your second attack. All right. Squinting through blood on her face, swings yeah. again to fist. <laughs> Another critical hit! Holy crap! You guys Ugh. are on fire tonight. <laughs> All right. So that two d eight plus five. Oh yes. Ooh, damn! She kind of looks back over her shoulder and says, "Thanks." Thanks again for the uh, for the protection there, Quark. And then goes back into the right. shield. Strike with the shield. Oh, that's wrong one. Sorry, guys. And that's another, another critical that freaking hit. God damn. Thank you, Lady Work forever. <laughs> 2D4 plus, uh, <laughs> plus 5, Holy please. Crit. Right. Wow. Did you crit your mother with that mouth? <laughs> <laughs> My All right. So, <laughs> after a ferocious series of hammer strokes and and shield strikes, the uh, the humanoid form of this thing is starting to break apart, and it just sort of looks like a disrupted wave of blood, sort of pulling itself up over and kind of cresting over Tilly. Uh, the blood elemental's turn. So um, it twists its head around stares at the smoldering ashen remains of the figure that was against the wall, and then looks over at Ryoden, and for a moment you lock eyes with it from just over Tilly's shoulder, and you can see these just kind of deep pits in the flowing blood of the face, and it lunges forward. It's going to flow over Tilly, Cloak, and uh, and Ryoden. I need everybody to make, you guys to make constitution saving throws. Hooked on Ooh. a feeling, hooked on a feeling. 20. Cloak, you're good. 20. Yep. Uh, Tilly, give me a d4 for your saving throw. Okay, so Cloak, you managed to, to pull yourself out of this vortex of blood that this creature becomes. Tilly mm. and, uh, and Riodan are pulled in, lifted up off their feet, and you guys are grappled and restrained. 
uh, and currently unable to breathe because you are pulled into the creature's body and held in there, and it's swirling all around you. Um, each of you takes... 10 necrotic damage as it begins pulling the blood out of your pores and eyes and forcing its way up into your nose and mouth. So I'll take five as well. Uh, yeah, so Tilly takes five and you take five. Uh, Rowan. Well, I then take two. Sorry, what? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll right, take two. Right. Yep. Uh, no, the three damage. Three also, comes... three? The, the damage that comes through the ward is typeless. It's just hit point loss okay. for you, I believe. Uh, right. So, that's you guys in there. The blood zombies. Riodan, as you're sort of suspended inside mm. this thing, struggling against it, feeling it ripping at your body, you have this moment where everything goes kind of still. You can still feel it crushing around you and trying to suffocate you even as it pulls the blood from your veins. And uh, th the vaguest outline of a face appears in the blood before you. And you hear this whisper. Spear of vengeance, or faith and leadership, or replace my servant who was just destroyed. Make your choice. So you can chew on that till we get to your turn. <laughs> Great. The blood zombies, they lurch forward, the turn broken by the divine backlash of the destruction of the, the mummified monk, uh, and make their way for Rowan. So... Oh, boy. Yes. We Wee's no stabby. Uh, they are going to attempt to slam you with their blood-smeared hands. Uh, what's your armor class? My armor class is 12. That's a, it's a 16 to hit you, so that one will hit. Uh, these are not showing up on the, the roll. Sorry about that. So you're going to take uh, 11 points of bludgeoning damage and 3 points of necrotic damage, which I believe reduces to 1 for you. All is right. that link between the shared still on the, the reversal, or is it just... It one does one not go. It did, no, it does not travel okay. backwards. It's one way. Um... And the other one is going to attempt to slam you. Uh, it's actually showing up now, so that's a 15. That'll hit. That'll hit you as will well. take uh, four points of bludgeoning damage and two points of necrotic. All right, that's the blood zombies done. Riodan, your turn. As uh, after that pronouncement passes, the face vanishes, and you're just restrained in that vortex of blood tearing at you and trying to suffocate you. Don't like that. Um, I would like to heal myself before I die. Um, so I'm going to give in a bit more to Morena. Um, <laughs> even though I don't want to. And I'm like, I'd rather be a spear. Spears are more my thing. As I... <laughs> God damn, okay, I heal so, myself so, a minute. So, so hold off on that. When So you okay. choose Spear of Vengeance. So in that moment, <clears throat> when you make that choice, you, you don't exactly speak it aloud because the blood pouring yeah. into your mouth and down your throat, but your soul cries it out. You, you scream these words in your heart. You pledge to 
carry Morena's vengeance against those who would disrupt her work, against the enemies who set themselves against her on the face of Midgard. And in that moment, there is a sudden, deep bass bell note that rings out from inside this blood creature. Your, um, your weapon burns with this bright red radiant energy, and that flares out from you and rips the blood elemental to pieces. Riodan hovers in the air with this scarlet aura around him, and the blood that is spattered all over this room begins to pull itself up in tendrils and droplets and swirl as red mist and vapor around him and begins to pull into his body. <laughs> he hovers there for a moment as all of the light and blood pulls into him into this single piercing, burning like a laser dot, red uh, ember of light into his heart, and then whoosh, a wind bursts out from him. All of the blood is gone, seemingly drawn into his body, and he drops down and falls with a great clatter of plate armor to the floor, and you can see in his gauntleted hand, blood flows out of his armor and begins to take shape of a leather-wrapped handle. Three tendrils of blood lash off of the end of it as the Sanguine Scourge appears in your hand and you can feel it. You can feel it throbbing with this radiant energy, with sense of purpose, and it blows away like a candle flame in a hurricane. Those those doubts, that pain that you'd behind. No, your pain is not gone, but it's no longer a shackle on you. You feel you feel like now you can face it. You can swallow it in whatever way you need to. Uh, and, and for the moment, that feeling of freedom washes over you. And you look up and you see these creatures tearing Rowan to pieces. Oh, shit. Please help. What the fuck has happened to me? Uh, as this just happened, you regained... Uh, how many hit points are you down? Um, I was down like 10 hit points. Uh, if it's 10 hit points, all right, you're, you're, you're healed to full. You regain 10 hit points. Yeah. Um, Rowan's in trouble. Yep. I had to bring the Scourge, and I, uh... All right. I'll whip out my bad boy's, uh, tentacle attacks. And right. So you're using the, that. uh... Yeah, you're using the, uh, the Scourge action. So you, you know how to do that. Yep. You can, uh, just push yourself a little bit forward and lash out with it. Oh, still rolling that one on one of them. Wow, those are ridiculously low rolls, but 18 and 17. Uh, I'm going to give you advantage on these attacks. Oh, sweet. Okay, let's re-roll those again in order. Uh, so finals are a 18, a 17, that's and a dirty 20. That's, that's three hits. Yep. Get fucked! Uh, so that's a total of... 14 points of damage and fun stuff happens to them. 14 so points of stuff. damage. And I would like you to roll 3d8, please. Okay. 17. 17. So as you're lashing this thing that is uh, that was once 
one of your faithful. This is the, the broken, bleeding body of Phelan, infused with foul undeath. Uh, these blood-lashed tend uh, tendrils uh, strike out toward it, wrap around both of its wrist and its throat, and you scream in defiance as you see, and, and you can just feel it. You've seen things like this before. Cosinia was here. This was her work. This was her doing. She killed one of your flock and made him this abomination. She left these things here as a trap for you in the presence of one of Morena's holy relics that is now dust and ash, but we'll worry about that later. Uh, and radiant energy rips out from you along the scourge and tears into this, uh, into this zombie. So that was 14 damage plus 17 radiant. Uh, the creature is ripped into three distinct pieces, the edges of its body burning and crumbling to ash from the radiant energy that prevents it from rising again. And it just falls in three wet heaps. <laughs> and you're just standing there with this power flowing through your body. So... Glass. <laughs> damn, real damn. Welcome back. I've always been this cool, I just haven't been using it. No, I don't yeah, think we're having like this cool. Down. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, Glaz is like right there, um, and I'm seeing these undead creatures, undead creatures. Uh, um, oh, he, he's gonna... Uh, try this again with this chromatic orb uh, but however so, on, uh, all, all, all that is left at this point is the one blood zombie of the person you don't recognize the, uh, oh. the elemental was utterly destroyed right but we still have one zombie left right yep. oh yeah I guess yep. I can just stick it also, I'm gonna, you know what <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm, gonna uh, I'm right there right um, that's pretty uh, close you can, move to it. you can move to it yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm going to use uh, my first time. I'm going to use my flame dragon's fang on it. Ooh, nice. That sounds so. Glaz whips out. Glaz whips out this uh, this dragon fang dagger that looks like um, it looks like hardened magma with with glowing molten bits running through it and kind of peeking out in this red light, giving off waves of heat and fume. You know what? First Go time using my dagger, I'm gonna I'm I'm using my nat twenty because I'm You're burning so your nat cool twenty. All right. Yeah. Okay. Hey, story Get moment for Glass using his his new uh, his new toy, his new dagger. Get him. That is a critical hit, sir. Yep. So double so, all your dice. Uh, so with that, it is. Uh, so that'll be two d four plus three. Four. <laughs> damage and then plus another 2d6 uh, flame. Something weird happened there. Because I see plus 9 on that. Oh, I don't know why it gave me another plus 6 on top of that. So yeah, uh, so, so just take anyway, the other so, off. So. Yep, so that's 9 yeah. plus uh, 2d6 fire damage. Uh, yes, plus 2d6 fire damage. Plus another 4 fire damage. So, got it. So 13 total. All right. All right. So that was uh, that was Glass Cloak. Your turn. Uh, so uh, Cloak would be like, "What the fuck is going on? Why is it every time we come down to the courtrooms, 
Weird shit happened. Now we have uh, weird. Uh, you need more drugs, apparently. So six, whatever. Six seconds. And, six seconds. <laughs> uh, as he's doing this, he's like running forward. Uh, okay, runes, so he's muttering as he runs. <laughs> yeah, uh, the runes on uh, Tilly start to drop uh, as I'm spending my bonus action to use my um, uh, planar warrior. Uh, because that doesn't, drop uh, your that doesn't drop your concentration, does it? No, because I need to keep my. I thought uh, keeping my concentration up was a bonus action. No, doesn't require any action whatsoever. You just have to not cast another concentration spell. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Well, yep. it, her runes stay up, and she's glowing yep. and looks powerful. And I'm still running up. Protected. Yeah, and I'm still I'm running up uh, as using uh, the planner warrior and uh, putting myself in between uh, uh, Rowan and the zombie, uh, and uh, slicing in with an attack, uh, kind of getting off that blood whip, I guess, or whatever the fuck Reardon's on right now. Uh, PCP or whatever god truck he's on. Uh, with the first right. attack here... Uh, uh, 13 hit? You hit? Alright. Uh, so let's do... That blessing really did not pay off with that damn... Oh fuck, wow, I did... <laughs> I did six damage. Uh, second <laughs> attack here. Big Tilly's uh, siphoning all the karma. <laughs> all right. That's a hit. All right. Uh, and let's do, let's give that. Oh my God. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Three fucking ones. Fantasy crown. Tilly. Tilly. All right. Uh, Rowan, your turn. So you are kind of covered in gore as that zombie that was in your face was was uh, ripped into three pieces and sprayed blood just everywhere. Rowan's not looking too healthy right now. She's looking really weak, but she's just so focused on this that she's just going to, um, with her bonus action, uh, shove the spear in first. Get him. This other zombie. Oof. Oh, you totally. blessed Are you well. blessed? I am blessed. Eleven hits. Yeah. Oh, Zombies got a level low AC. Bless earns us another hit. Renna, looking out for eight. us. Ten. Four. Uh, it's just your wisdom modifier, which is plus three, right? Yeah. Two. Oh, okay. Right. Or is it two? No, it's two. No, my my wisdom is plus three. Okay, plus three. Okay, eight then. Uh, eight damage. All right. Proficiency. Yep. yep. Uh, okay. So that was your bonus action. What would you like to do for your action action? Ooh, for my action action. Oh, do I heal myself with something else? I'm just going to. I'm going to use Baron, a, uh, bear in mind that the only spell you can cast right now is a cantrip with a casting time of one action. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. You didn't cast the spear. You just used it. No, no. Right that. You can yeah, cast whatever the hell you want. Uh, I think uh, we'll do another guiding bolt. That's worked well so far. Okay, you will Radiant. suffer yeah, disadvantage. You'll suffer, you'll suffer disadvantage on this attack roll because you're in melee range with it. Okay. So you could step back, but that'd broken opportunity attack. 
up to you how you want to deal with it. She doesn't want to hit. She doesn't want to hit the cloak, so she'll try and step back. Okay, so it will strike at you. She's just putting her hands Ooh, up, knowing that's only an eleven. I believe an eleven that misses you. Hit. So you uh, you ward off its uh, its blow, and you can see uh, every time it struck you, the necrotic damage you've been taking is it's been trying to pull the blood out of your body and absorb it into itself. Uh, but you manage to uh, sort of bat away its blow and step back out of its reach, and then unleash another radiant blast in its face. So make your attack roll. Kill it. Twelve. Got him. Give me damage. Is this just a, just a regular level one? Uh, uh, level two. Level two, 5d6. 15. All right, and seeing as that damage, seeing as that damage is radiant, that negates its undead fortitude, you unleash another burst of searing light that strikes her full in the face and just strips flesh from bone and then burns the skull down to a, a charred neck stump and the body shudders takes two steps towards you and just collapses in a wet heap <laughs> and that i think is where we stop for tonight because we're a little bit over time thanks very much for sticking with us everyone uh yeah so so that was that was a thing will i believe I you <laughs> Will, I believe you know you know what that means, yes? <laughs> I sure do. I sure do. All right. Man, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, Dan and I did a little bit of plotting uh, between, in fact, like two weeks ago, maybe. Um, it was, yeah. About what, what may happen with Rhea Dan next, because it sort of felt like he was uh, a bit stuck as a character, so we needed to push out the door. Um, so, uh, so yeah. Uh, that was fucking awesome, and now I've got my tentacles back. Do we want to be a little open and transparent with what happened, or do we want to let that come yeah, out slowly yeah, yeah, over time? Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty easy for some people to figure out, I'm sure. So are we cool telling him? Yeah, absolutely. He's now, so, Okay, so uh, what has happened now is, yeah, Ryoden has sworn the oath of vengeance. He is no longer a cleric of Morena. He is now a paladin on the oath of vengeance. Yeah. I no had badass. a because you know me and my pallies. I was like... Spirit of Vengeance. Huh. Yep. Huh. I, I can tell you. I, party. I'm going to be the, the anti uh, the, the tool school paladin, is what Riordan is. He's going he's gonna to be. Yep. He's going to be even yep. worse, probably. But uh, man, that was fun. And uh, big thanks to Dan for, uh, for letting me do that. Um, oh, absolutely. But yeah, goodness. We are running over, so we should wrap up uh, fairly swiftly here. Let's do a, a quick giveaway for a set of tabletop loot dice. They're in a chat, mission point loot. And this we're Brandon Custom and the crew. Did we enjoy ourselves? Where can we find you guys loot. online? Let's start with uh, Dan. How was that tonight, my friend? Ah. Oh, that was a blast. That was great. Uh, like I was tweeting about, you know, before last session, there was crazy talks and planning afoot, and that was a big part of it. So I'm glad we, uh, I'm glad we got that that resolution to. Uh, Riodan's current crisis of faith and uh, and identity, so that'll that'll be interesting. Shake things up a little bit. Uh, I had a great time, so I hope you I hope you guys enjoyed the uh, the roleplay and the the combat with all kinds of crazy blood bullshit from the creature codex. <laughs> Which you can find on Cobalt Press. Yes, Press.com. Awesome. Go follow Dan. 
and all the things he's up to. Uh, let's go to uh, Soul Scroll. How's that sound from? Uh, I had a blast. Uh, always. Glass couldn't hit thing, but this is actually making very good story for Glass because, uh, yeah, he's a. Uh, it, that, this is very interesting that the way that my roles have gone so I, i'm really liking it and uh, you can find me at tall squall all over the internet go to tall squall in my twitter it has links to all the other things that i do and yay cobalt press and midgard we love them yeah there's just all kinds of character crises going on right now aren't there tall <laughs> who's next uh scalaboff hello i'm uh, Scarlet Moth, you can find me at that Scarlet Moth on uh, Twitter or as just Scarlet Moth on the rest of the interwebs. I'm an artist, cosplayer, D&D player, and uh, regular shit poster. And holy crit, that... Oh my god. <laughs> so, one, Tilly, simply, please, come late more often so you can get more crits. <laughs> oh, show up on time and play and then crit everything anyway. <laughs> Two... Holy hell, how... Oh, that was a lot of things that happened. That was a lot of critical hits. <laughs> a lot. I am... Um, I'd like to say that uh, Rowan has, has helped put Reardon back on the straight and narrow, so to speak. But, uh... Also, I... Believe what you want. Concerned. <laughs> <laughs> it's the drugs. It's the drugs. I know, I know how to cook them. Uh, I'm a bit worried about... What might happen since uh, Rowan might have accidentally destroyed a monk of Marina? That is, uh... Sorry, That definitely Rian. happened. Water <laughs> under the bridge. Just kidding. Or <laughs> you could say, I, I got right. your promotion. You're welcome. It worked out. It worked out. I got to do that sweet, uh, or you get to replace him line, so... <laughs> yeah. <Yep. laughs> it was all worth it, just that line, really. Uh, yeah, all according <laughs> to plan. Fantastic. And uh, McLoken. Hi, I'm McLoken. You might recognize me from such films as How to Duck and Dodge Like a Gnome or What You Critting About. Um, so, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, you guys can find me. Uh, I have a show that I run weekly. Uh, uh, I believe we're going to do it tomorrow i'll have to update that or figure out uh what's going on with that but uh that's on a uh mixer.com slash story quest uh where i do run a uh D &D, uh 5e homebrewed final fantasy campaign currently uh we're in our second season of that and then uh i would like to shout out uh tomorrow to no thursday uh, Thursdays here on this channel, uh, same time, uh, there's a wonderful show called uh, The King Cecil that is uh, ran by my wonderful partner, uh, Metamancer, who uh, is uh, writing out the, the King Cecil uh, area. Uh, so the fortunes row. Uh, so that's super interesting. Guys, go check it out. That awesome. cast is great. Um, I mean, one of them's already here. So look at look at Will, that beautiful man. Um, but yeah, uh, that's, uh, that's, uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's all I'm really up to. So, hey guys. Fantastic. Hey. And, uh, late though she may have been, it didn't matter because holy moly, uh, the crits today was, were a yeah. flowing for, uh, for Simply Jackson. Simply, how was that tonight for you? 
It was fun. I'm sorry I was late. It's I have at work for I work in the no advertising worries. industry for no my worries, day job, no so this is the prime season. Uh, but fortunately, this is the only holiday in between now and the rest of the year for that. So, yay! Um, super fun. Always glad to flex a little bit with Tilly, even though she doesn't it, like. I, it's fun for me to finally play a character who's just dim, but dim, but. JJ, what am I doing? Let's say, let's say to crit to twit, to quit to crit to. <laughs> I give up. Um, you can find me at simply underscore JXN here on Twitch or simply no underscore JXN on Twitter. I make art mostly lately. Uh, I've been inspired to get back into it. So if you're into it, come watch. Otherwise, I'm playing a lot of Pokemon. Amazing, I did. Amazing. I drew Rowan oh, for her birthday. <laughs> yeah. That was so good. Thanks. So come by and tell me what. so otherwise. much. Simply is amazing. <laughs> Thanks. I did have fun tonight with the story and stuff, Dan. You're so good at like being very descriptive with like what's happening. Oh, thank you very game. much. You, uh, I, I might recommend. I'm particularly. I'm tooting my own horn a little bit here. I'm particularly proud of the uh, the hallucination sequence. That that would be worth checking out the uh, oh, the yeah. VOD when you have yeah. a moment. Yeah, but even that'll the give you the context. Like, oh yeah, so good. I'm glad you enjoy it. Uh, I'm I'm really happy to uh, to be playing with all you guys, and I'm glad uh, glad glad you joined us. So, you're having a good time. Then I am happy. Awesome. Thank you. Yes. Fantastic stuff. Uh, well, let's pick this winner of the giveaway. The winner is Socratic Method Man. Congratulations, my friend. You've won yourself a set of tabletop loot dice. Thank you here for all the uh, the raise, by the way, and the host, Bad Friends Gaming. Thanks for coming in here. We are just wrapping up, uh, but we do have some great shows on tomorrow, including Call of Cthulhu, uh, The Masks of Nile of as we get to our sort of season end for, uh, for that show while we break for the holidays. Um, and we'll run a couple of reruns tonight in case you guys want to watch some D&D &D in the, uh, the afternoon, evening here in a dread of night to listen to the dulcet tones of this crew playing some World Tree Burns and some previous episodes. But if you enjoyed tonight's show, hit the follow button and join us. And until next time, my friends, try not to roll too many now ones because we want to be here laughing when you do. Good night, everybody. Bye. Pay attention, Luke. <laughs> Less net ones.